Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 314. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? Not too bad, buddy. Not yeah. too bad. It's Nothing just rock and roll. Bad, it's just goddamn rock and roll today for me. I woke up early, caffeine, walked the dog, did now with the Mighty Mike Barron to start my day. What a pleasure it was, you know? Not, the, not a bad way to start the we, day. We got into it. Um, I'll point listeners to the Mike Barron interview. He was discussing his new book that um, he's launching, Bronze Star. Um, they've already already almost reached the first you know funding goal um it's a supernatural western sounds fantastic pat broderick on art duties um looks great rich we talked that we talked private american um his recent sort of vigilante book fantastic we talked thin blue line which i love um and obviously you know we played a little bit of the greatest hits of his punisher and stuff as well but it was just a fun i mean mike's always a pleasure you know he's a pleasure and he was the first guest um, I had on the show, Rich, actually, which I reminded him. Um, it was the very first one, actually. I think I, I had Mike, and then I think about two or three weeks later I had Chuck. It was, that was my first two, but Mike was the first one, which I think is cool because he was my first Punisher writer I, I followed, um, you know, and really got heavily into it all. And it was like I mentioned to him, I said, that was you, man, like right at the start, you know, young Davey. Impressionable. Hopefully, hopefully he remembered. Yeah, man. He he was loving it. Yeah. He was he was in fine form. Good old Mike. Yeah, he's he's always a pleasure to chat to. Um now. Uh we have some very sad news to kick the show off, don't we, Rich? Very, very sad. Yeah, take it away, man, because I want you to do this one. Uh well, unfortunately we lost a, a legend mm. uh in the comic book industry, uh John Romita Senior. Yeah. Um uh, passed away. It's so weird calling him senior. Like mm. I've always just known him as John Romita, but technically sure. senior because of junior. But uh, sadly, he passed away. Uh, a good, uh, good inning. Ninety-one. Sadly, 90, okay, just right. fell short of that century. But um, yeah, ninety-one's old though, sometimes. man. Ninety-one. Yeah, you know the nineties. Uh, it's the body decays a lot between eighty to ninety. You know, a lot of things. Yeah, go I know, wrong. but I'm just saying, I'm, a lot more people are actually kind of living to a hundred these days. So. Mm. Um, would have been nice to see him get to the hundred, but you know, can't uh, can't complain about ninety one. I saw him probably, I mean, ten yearish ago when we went to New York. We went to New York Comic Con. It was him, um, his son uh, John Romita Jr., and someone else who was a Spider Man person. And I, the, who it was escapes me now, but there was a third, you know, Spider Man guy um, doing uh, a panel. Um, at New York Comic Con, and I mean John Romita Jr. was, you know, he's a big personality. He was driving it, but the dad was there. Um, it was a delightful panel. Um, yeah, I mean he was definitely an older guy, um, but he was enjoying it. You know, he was he was smiling, he was laughing, having fun. I I, I actually can't remember who the other person there was, but they were also a Spider Man person of note, but more modern. You know what I mean? It, it, it wasn't Dan Slot, but it was someone like that. You know, someone who'd done a lot of Spider-Man, I can't remember, but I remember John Romita Jr. Um, was a lot of fun. And John Romita Sr. had stuff to say as well. It was it was good. 
It was it was it was great stuff. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's sad, but I mean, God, the legacy he leaves behind. I mean, he's really the one who sort of redefined Peter's physicality, and, and as well as the pretty girls, Mary Jane, Gwen Stacy, all those pretty girls that he drew that became part of Spider-Man's thing. That was really John Romita, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he is pretty much the... He was there for a lot of the seminal sort of mm. years of of Spider-Man, you know, basically a, where a lot of the villains we know of today yeah, um, were kind of introduced and became... You know, like, I mean, he, he was the point where Marvel was dominant. Like, sure. and, you know, probably a good chunk of it is thanks to him. Mid sixties on, would it have been mid sixties, like sixty six, sixty five, around then? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. but I mean, he, I mean, he's worked on what um, Avengers, Captain America, mm. I think uh, Wolverine, you know, co-creator uh, of Wolverine, co-creator of no, Wolverine. no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. actually, co-creator, yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, so I mean, he's yeah, he's not just like I mean, you you predominantly think of Spider Man, but he's he's actually. Done, oh you know, yeah, and he had a long history in romance comics uh, pre yeah. pre that. No, I mean yeah, oh, yeah. I mean God, just a a really gifted artist, yeah. and it's I, always I think, yeah. You are right. Like he, it's it's yeah. His Spider Man was like after sort of the Steve Ditka and all that sort of sure. stuff. Um, uh, you know, it, it's where you. You know, I take my hat off to obviously um, Steve and 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 Stan sort of creating the character, but I think oh. it's really it's the it's stuff that was introduced during Romita's time that sort of made him. It, it's where all your memories come from. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, of of the character, the secondary characters. Uh, he was Spider Man No More, the famous Spider Man No More, with the yeah, yeah, in the trash yeah. can. Yeah, that was him. Yeah, you know, no, I mean a major, major and I'm, talent. I'm sure yeah. he's and he's done Conan as well. Yeah. I reckon he would have... T- I'm bringing him up now. John Romita. Let's have a look at what um, John Romita Sr. did. Okay, let's have a look here. Obviously, the Spider-Man, we all know. Uh, initially drawing Daredevil comics. Uh, Look, I know he did Captain covers. America. I'm not sure if he, if he did the internals, but I know that he did Conan covers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, that would have been in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he um, was the Marvel Comics art director... Um, he played a major role in redefining. The, oh, he he was the one who put first put the skull on the Punisher, like in the concept designs, I believe. No. Um, it was Romita's cat-like design for Wolverine that was based on an encyclopedia description he found on Wolverines, similar to like a Jim Lee. I think he had a he had a large hand in creating the looks of characters. But he was, yeah, he he helped with the visual. Yeah, he Punisher, Wolverine, the, the Luke Cage, Bullseye, Tigra or Tigra. And Brother Voodoo. Um, uh, for Punisher, a rough sketch was provided by writer Jerry Conway with a skull and crossbones on the chest. Feeling this was too simple, um, and I've seen the original, um, this was too simple. Romita made the skull larger and encompassed the Punisher's torso with the cheekbones aligning with his pecs mm-hmm. and his belt That's butter resembling yeah. teeth. He also designed Black Widow's outfit, it's by Ms. Fury. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he really got around, man. I mean, he was, uh, he was an old timer, you know? Um, yeah, well, that's what I sure. mean. He's uh, he's seminal, man. Like, I mean, most of your yeah. Marvel childhood is, you, whether you realize it or not, is, is him. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, every everything's in the shadow of, you know. Um, yeah, no, yeah, God, yeah, and what a loss! It reminds me of when um, Joe Cuba died. You know, like there's that feeling yeah. of like a true great has exited the building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like a real 
you know, Stan Lee, you know, a real presence has exited. Someone who, by God, gave a hell of a lot. And, um, and I mean, God, think, you do the what if. What if no John Romita? Well, Wolverine may have not been as iconic. Punisher, you know. The, well, that's the thing, yeah, their looks could have been so different that, you know, maybe... Because you've got to remember, sometimes, um, without any words, just even the look of a character. Oh, just 100%. the design of a character can make them popular. I mean, that's what made totally. Bob Fett popular. You know what I mean? It's a, a lot of Star Wars background characters became popular just because people were drawn to the look of the character. So yeah, totally. And someone else maybe design the character or hand in it. Maybe they don't take off as well. Oh, hundred percent. My God, in comics, I mean, it's it's crucial. I, I think a lot of comics are sold on that on that image, that cover image. You know, mm. um, Jesus Christ, yeah. And if only they'd pay as much attention now to it instead they make it as boring as possible yeah. um yeah no uh, you wonder what a guy like him thought of the last 10 15 years you know an old timer like that if they bother to think of it at all you know you know it'd be interesting to to know I mean, lucky for him i mean why focus on the negative you know i mean he's, sure. his time was filled with so much so much positive I, I definitely would prefer to talk to him about all the positive shit oh the golden days yeah then then the current crap like you know uh, it's just you know, yeah. why, why, why drag it down? Oh, sure. Exactly, man. Exactly. Now, I have a new favourite thing, Richard. And I know you, like, watch YouTube shows and stuff, and I never do. I, I, I'm hopeless. But I've discovered a podcast and YouTube site that I'm loving, Rich. Mm-hmm. I, I finally found my people. It's called Toy Anxiety. Um, I think right. they're reasonably popular. Um, it's like three three guys and a girl, um, a husband, wife, and it's all about toy collecting and stuff. It, it comes off a podcast network called Yes Have Some. I think they're reasonably you know big. A- anyway, a hell of a lot of fun these people. Um, and yeah, I've I've gone fully fully into it. I just discovered it this week by chance, really. Um, I think it came up as a suggested thing from some of my JoJo stuff because I'm always looking for something that has a flavour that I can listen to while I'm working and enjoy and laugh along. And these guys are funny. Yeah, all about toy collecting. They run the gamut. They're heavy into the turtles, which I love, but, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of Spider-Man. Have you heard of them, Rich? I mean, you, you know more about this no, stuff than me. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not familiar with them. I've seen a few toy stuff and all that, but I'm not familiar with that one. Well, there you go. Dave's finally fair, found though, one, I, I tend to steer away from anything that has anxiety in it, just because I roll my eyes at that. Oh, well, I mean, it's, you know, but it's fun. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a hell of a fun podcast. I'm just proud of myself for finding a YouTube thing because you know I never do. I'm hopeless. I never find anything. Um, but the, but this became out through my GIJO connections because I, I I try out podcasts and I'm very specific in what I like. I, I generally like lighthearted fun, you know. Um, and these guys provide that, uh, you know, and they do a lot of cool things. So I've I've really dove in uh, headfirst. Now, Rich, got to say, what's happening at your end, man? We haven't even... I don't think we've spoken this week, have we? Wow. Week. Oh, well, we had a brief conversation this week, yeah. Did we? Oh, last night? I think about yeah. something? Yeah, that's right. I forget what it was, but it was important stuff. Well, you called me because you missed me. Yeah, it must have been it, man. Yeah. Well, you know why? <laughs> Michelle wasn't here as well, because she because she stayed down at the... Oh, you definitely missed me. Then. Yeah, I was flying solo, man. <laughs> I, and when I'm flying solo, I go over some dark waters at times, man, you know? God knows where I am. I, I'm like, what year is it? Where am I? Kind of thing sometimes. Mm. And, um, you know, Davey, without a, without a lifeboat out there in the dark waters. But 
What's been going on at your end, man? Uh, not much, not much. Um, we went to Vivid on the weekend. Um, uh, how was that? Did you enjoy it? Oh, terrible. <laughs> um, I mean, no, light, lights are nice, but Jesus Christ, being shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, with, um, it's a nightmare. You know, I, it, it, I felt like, you know, those movies where the city's under attack yeah. and everyone's cramming, trying to get out of the city or get to a safe zone. That's literally what it felt like. Um, you know that's, what I mean? That's you the only like review I've heard. Paper. Anyone who goes says that, that it's just a crush. You know? It is. It really is. And I mean, it's almost hard to find a place to eat because mm. obviously that part of the city, you know, your circular key sort of vineyard area Rocks. is so cool yeah. that like all the restaurants are like booked. So we actually had to walk pretty much back down towards um, Town Hall. Mm. But I found a lovely, we, we had a lovely uh, meal at a place called Roasted Republic, okay, which is American. Okay. Uh, Where was this style, located, uh, man? Give me a, give me an idea. Uh, do you know where Betty's Burgers is? Yes, I do. Kind of in between yes. Wynyard and Town Hall. I know exactly where Betty's Burgers is. So it's 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 in that same uh, what's it Clarence Street or something? Right. Okay. Um, yeah. Or okay. Whatever it's, it, it's right near there. Um, it, it's near the whiskey bar that I went to as well. Betty, Betty's Burgers is right near my work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. look for a place there called Roaster. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. What was it called? American. Roaster Republic. Roasted Republic, American sure. style food. Like cool. burgers, cool, ribs. Cool, cool. Oh my god! So was, I thought these ribs. Yeah. I thought these ribs came from an elephant. Wow. Okay. Well, like that's they good. were that so was... huge. I thought, is this a buffalo? Is this an elephant rib? Like <laughs> it was huge. And, and I, it just sounds to me like a nightmare. I mean, yeah, the pretty lights are nice, but I could just do without that mass crowd. Well, we you think know? next time we might just go to Darling Harbour and just yeah. look at the lights from afar. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. But hey, at least you got out there on the town, man. You know, little 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 sightseeing, romance. You know, yeah, it was nice. It was Strangers nice. in well, the we night, went, yeah. exchanging glances, wondering. Well, in the you night. know, as, as I said, after working so hard at We're my current job, I've been rewarded with having weekends off now. So, oh, you like said that, yeah. Wow, we did what twenty-two years on the grind, and they finally gave you a weekend, man. Well done. <laughs> Finally, yes, yeah, so it's nice to be. It's nice to be able to do things with uh, with my girlfriend on the weekend. Now. Well, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. It's nice that you two guys can align. Um, I'm very happy for you, Richard. Um, obviously, I guess you'll be getting married soon, and um, yeah, <laughs> going to see it happening now. A couple of kids. Um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure you're going to get married before me. <laughs> I'm in no rush. Um, now, obviously, the Ashes start tonight. Uh, the biggest contest in cricket: Australia versus England. I've predicted 5-0, Australia. Uh, Rich, you want to give you a prediction? We're over there in the UK. Haven't won since 2001 um, over there. 3-2, England. Hmm. I mean, I, sometimes I don't know why I have you on the show, really, frankly. I mean, <laughs> you asked me for, Listen, to be fair, you do dominate in Australia. It can be 50-50 when you go over to England. Sure. But now it's time to drop the hammer. You know what I'm saying? I know, but I don't feel like Australia is anywhere as strong as it is. We're the world anyway. champions, man. Yeah, but I, Did you miss listen, that one? Listen, you you may still be like a, a, a strong force, but I don't feel you are like this dominant. No, we know when you're as good as we were in the nineties. were like and 2000s. let's say fifteen, ten, fifteen years ago. Oh yeah, the nineties and two thousands team would kick our asses if they played us. Yeah, you know? like that. That I would say you'll dominate England or Australia. Like and we did; you'll, you'll those teams did yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's not that team anymore. So. Well, would you win if you're playing in Australia? Yeah, I'd back you guys to probably, mm. yeah, probably even sweep it in Australia. But in England, uh, I'm just, I'm just going to give it three-two to England. That's okay. just my gut. Well, I've said five-nil Australia. There you go. 
<laughs> I feel confident, man. I Which feel means confident. as soon as you lose one game, you've you've lost that 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 sort I'm of. I'm still uh, in to win it, man. I'm still. You may still win it, it, but you've you've lost that prediction. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'm. I was tempted to give them four one, but fuck them, five nil. You know, <laughs> fuck them. I'm not going to give them one. They can, they can, they can <laughs> eat it. Um, and it kicks off tonight, actually. So we'll be doing some live reports and. Uh, Ray and myself are going to be doing a little bit of a sideshow um, at times regarding the Ashes, which will be on the signal feed. You're welcome to join, Rich, uh, if you'd like to. Um, you know us, man. It's um, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things we're going to say is Dougie should be on the tour. Doug Waters um, didn't, make the yeah. 80, didn't make the 81 tour and we lost it. And I always said Dougie should be on the tour. You know? Um, where's Dougie? Yeah, great, great player for Australia. Um, now, I have a question for you, Richard. Um, mm-hmm. You're aware I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've probably brought that up in conversation. I'm, I'm vaguely aware, yes. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like it's on the periphery of my of my knowledge. Okay, here. well, I've come across these Playmate turtles that are 12 inches high, and I just need to get a yes or no from you on whether I should make that buy. You know? They're it's they're, they're sort of like plasticky, kind of more fun, like toyetic, but but twelve inches high, man. They look fantastic. I just think I need to get these bad boys on my shelf. You know, have, um, have you seen them, man? If you type in, I, I can I can send them to you in the chat. I, I just want to get your vibe. I'm having a look now on Playmate toys. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, twelve inch, original classic. They got Leo, Raph, Donatello. I can't find Mikey, but. Definitely can get can get Leo, and I'm just feeling like um, you know, yeah. Oh, is this the one that's based on the comics where they've all got the same color bandana, or is it no? The, they've got different the color bandanas. It's kind of more like the the cartoon, the original cartoon. You know, that's what that's what they look like. You say they're by Playmate. Yeah, Playmates. They're Playmates, man. Yeah. Okay, because I was just on their website then. I didn't see it. I'm gonna send you this in the chat. Because uh, I'm just feeling like it's time to take it up a notch, you know? It's time to make shit real. I just sent you a link to one of them in our chat. Um, I'll put this on the on the Facebook page as well and, and get listeners' feedback on what Davey needs to do. I just think it just looks so kind of like... Ooh. What, are you, what are you saying, Rich? Yes or no? No. Why? Because they're too basic? Yeah, that looks like... Um... Yeah. That looks like kids' rubber toys. Like I just kids. love it, though, man. Yeah, but it's oh, mm, I don't know. It's man. too basic. I don't know. I mean, if it's ugh, for that price, no, it's too basic for okay. that price. All right, I'm just feeling it though. I don't know why, man. I, I just, it's the size. I mean, even the eyes, the painted on eyes on the bandana look pretty bad. So you prefer? The I, I I wouldn't. I, I've seen better toys than that. I, I mean, I'm not saying don't buy turtle toys. I'm just saying maybe not these ones. Yeah, well, there are other options. There's the Necker toys, which are pretty cool. Yeah, these um, ones. Okay. I, I would. I wouldn't. That's just you, you'd pass. Just you'd pass on it, man. Okay. Yeah, no, it, definitely those. They just look too basic. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm deep in the well, man, and I, I don't know which way's up. You know, basically, um, and that's why I'm turning to you. You know, and I'm saying, Rich, what do you think? Now, look at this one. This is a this. Look at this Necker turtles which is um, from the movie, I think the 1990 movie. Um, I'll send you this, and I want to get your view on this. Look at this Look at this Necker Turtles by comparison. Do you prefer this kind of look for the Turtles, kind of more serious at six and a half inch? Um, you know, it's basically... Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's more your style. It's smaller, it? but but that's way better. That's got way more detail. Yeah, looks way more professional. It looks like a like a like an an adult person's collection. Yeah, but I I actually feel the other one just looks too kiddy, man. It, it looks like you're like, oh, did did you buy this for your nephew? Or, but they didn't want it. But here's the th- here's <laughs> the thing is like... here's the thing as well. I reckon I might actually have the Playmates one already. And oh, possibly it's because storage. it's a re-release of of yeah. the of of the of the old ones. But that's what I'm saying. It just it just looks yeah. old, but not in a good way. It's not like the it's not like the he like if you get the vintage He Man of the Ma- uh, the Masters of the Universe, mm. they still look fantastic. They've got a lot of detail in them, mm. even back in those days. But that one that the first one you showed me, it's just it looks too basic. I, yeah, I just, it's it's basic, but weirdly that, to me, that's part of the appeal. You know, sure, I, but I've seen better basic ones. Yeah, that okay. came, even the ones that I had back in the day. Okay. Um, yeah, we're definitely better than that, and and those could also still at least. Maybe I just need to take a breath, man. Maybe I just need to take a breath. You know, maybe I'm just getting a little too excited. Think about it. Yeah, I would definitely think about it. Yeah, I gotta, you know, you know me. It's there's a lot but going on. But at the end of the day, do what makes you happy, man. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure I'd be happy, but you know, it's the size as well. I just love a 12 inch figure like that. Like you know, if... I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, for that, for the price that they want, if mm. that was like maybe half that price, sure. I'd say, yeah, you know what? It's yeah. for that price, you could get better. That's 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 the only thing that would stop me. No, that's a good point, man. That's a very good point. And you know what? I'm going to put that under review. Now, uh, have you heard of a game called Hearts of Iron Four? It's a World War Two strategy game. I purchased it on Steam. Um, uh, I, I my my friend Declan plays yeah. that. I believe. Now, I just uh, hope I, I haven't played it. I just hope I haven't bitten off more than I can chew. You know. Because apparently it's heavily strategic. I was feeling like Mr. Strategy, but right now I feel very intimidated and haven't started it. You know, um, uh, it's a very, mm. it's a very strategy, it's a very strategy game, bro. I like, am uh, strategy though. It's, it's yeah, but it's not like Total War. It's uh, what? No, 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 no. This one is, this one is map like. Um, you know how, like, when you watch a historical thing mm. and they show you, like, the map and then they show you, like, the arrows and what the mm. sort? It's kind of that. It's not like, um, it's not like Total War where you have, like, a, a, a figure and you move him and he runs. Oh, right. Attack a little castle and then you have a little <laughs> battle. No, this is like, this is a proper world map and, you know, mm. there's borders and, and, and you've got to see the flow of the battle and, where they move in their units and and it's it's this is proper proper strategy man like yeah. this is proper it doesn't mean it's not fun but I'm just saying it's it's not the same as as Total War. Well, put it this way, I got it on sale. It's sitting in my queue. Um, yeah, I'm a little intimidated, frankly. I, I've installed it on my machine and then I'm kind of like, uh, give I don't, it a go. Yeah, the, I'll give the it a go. The beauty of trying something that you you may be not familiar with is that it could be great. Exactly. Um, now. Wrapping up my last piece of stuff I've been doing, I watched an episode of Smallville last night while Michelle was out. It was one of the best episodes of Smallville ever, involving Silver Kryptonite and Clark went paranoid. Do you remember this episode? It's like middle of season five. Maybe, yeah. Oh, what an episode, man. Stephen DeKnight wrote it, who I believe had something to do with the Daredevil Netflix show. What an episode, man. Uh, it basically made him go paranoid, uh, you found out that um, the character Spike, you know, from Buffy was Kryptonian or something at the end. 
Um, I, Brainiac. Yeah, well, I, I know, yeah, he hasn't been revealed to be Brainiac, but he's sort of pointing to that. What an episode, man. I was like, this is one of the best episodes of Smallville. I think Smallville has a lot of decent episodes. I, I'm not saying, like, it's it, it's so much better than I gave it credit for, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, of course. No, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've known that, but I've been a fan. You yeah. always used to sort of tease me or mock me a little bit. Um, me? Like, uh, when I was watching it, you were like, eh, it's not that good. Well, once again, I was basing it on no information. You know, I was I, I, I hadn't even watched it. I don't know what I was thinking. Oh, but you know what? I did check it out, but it was really late in the run when I checked it out. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. But, well, but having having yeah. watched it consistently since the start, like I'm in the middle of season five, I've really enjoyed it. You know, and at times it's kind of like one of those shows where you lower your expectations and you enjoy it. But this episode was excellent. You know, it really felt like a really good comic one-shot issue of Superman. Um, I don't know. I just dug it. I thought it was cool. Silver Kryptonite that basically made... He was like seeing things, basically. So he'd see uh, his father. I forget what the father's name is. Is it John? Jonathan, yeah, Ken. Yeah. Talking yeah. to Lionel... Well, Jonathan, but yeah. Yeah, Lionel Luther. And Clark's thinking that basically he's, you know, conspiring against him and pr- giving him the secret information and stuff. Like he was literally like almost hallucinating. Um, it was really fascinating. Like I, um, I, I thought it was just a really good episode, and it, and it was shot really well. Um, they sort of used like paranoid lighting and stuff. Um, Really, I think one of the best episodes of Smallville that I've seen, actually, and I've enjoyed quite a few. Um, I mean, but that's the thing with the with the show, like uh, with these sort of shows, um, it's very interesting because obviously uh, episodes are done by different people. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. could be different writers, and obviously they have different directors. You know, they bring different directors on. So yeah, you could get some like really phenomenal episodes that feel very different and that's obviously because it's got a different director mm. possibly different writers that were or brought some more writers in different writers into tell a different and but yeah oh, it's always fun when you get like a slightly different yeah episode than what you're like sort of used to or, or, oh, or something sure. that just sort of takes you on a different journey yeah it's a lot of fun well this yeah this one definitely had a bit of a different flavor to i guess the regular um and yeah i mean and i enjoy the regular flavor anyway so it was cool. Um, I, I think it's actually probably an underrated show. Um, I can see why, why Smallville fans are very loyal to that show. You know what I mean? Because mm. uh, even though I'm sure it tapers off, it's it's a pretty damn good, like, for what it is. You know, it could be... Well, it does, and the, the problem I had with Smallville as it went on is you had a good idea, but once he finished, like, high school, yeah. Then it's kind of like, well, you maybe you should have said it's time for the show to end. Like, sure, but it was need to start cash cow, you know? But that's my problem. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's the same with, like, um, you know, like Supernatural. But the difference with Supernatural is you can still go on because yeah. there's no future set for them. But there is a future set for him yeah. because he, he becomes Superman. But they already have him, like, going to Metropolis, working as a reporter mm-hmm. for the Daily, and yet Superman's not even a thing. You know what I mean? Mm. So by keeping it going, you, you've you kind of, like, bastardized 
and and completely changed the Superman law. The whole fun of it was mm. it's him before, it's him what he did in Smallville, hence the name Smallville. Mm. But once they left Smallville and they started doing Metropolis stuff and you started having the Justice League members showing up, you kind of like, you were kind of like, I think you've, you, you've gone past what you was, probably should have done for the show. You probably should have ended the show with him leaving Smallville and then, you know, maybe you could have got a good five, six seasons out of that. And well, I, I'm in season five. I'm in season five, and it really does feel like the show is in its prime. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it shifted slightly away from the beginning. Um, it definitely isn't stagnating, but I feel like it's probably in its prime. Much like I th- always, I always feel Buffy. The first three seasons are far superior to anything. That I think. I think in season four, mm-hmm. Buffy starts to decline, even though it lasted seven seasons. Like. The, the prime of Buffy is the early... No, I'm not saying there's not good stuff in the later seasons there is, but the prime. And season five in Smallville, it really felt like it has a lot of energy, you know? Um, yep. They've got mm-hmm. a really nice momentum going. And by the way, I'm just looking at those figures again. They're the original 1989 re-releases, the, mm-hmm. the, the ones. Yeah, yeah that's so, what I said. They're re-releases yeah. of the old. Mm. But, you know, we've come a long way since then. 89, man. <laughs> in, in toy design, so... 89, know. dude. Um, yeah, but some, yeah, but some of the stuff is more toyish than action figure or statues is some of it's more, I don't know. I, I want to get some shelves going in my new office and I want to have like some different looks and stuff and some different feels, you know? Sure. I look, and again, that's your, if that's what you're going for, then, then go for that. Again, I go for the, I, I guess I just go for the more detailed mm. high end stuff. Cause I, I like to feel like it's, it's it's the show come to life or something and it's like a piece of the show whereas that i just it, it feels like a toy to me it feels like a a, yeah. a, a kid's toy yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is not my thing but again the collectors do different things some collectors go i want it all mm. like i want i want the kids toys i want the the, the high-end toys i want the fucking soaps i want <laughs> the yeah. shampoos like it depends I, on what kind of collector i'm you sort are, of in the like. middle I, like i don't know what i like sometimes i just sort of um go with the flow but i i don't know i'm in a turtle's mood now the flash is out. Um, it's getting mixed reviews. I've I've seen some reviews slamming it. I've seen some praising it. It's got a fifty-seven on Metacritic. Uh, the reviews seem to be all over the shop. Like I've seen very positive. I've seen really negative. Like it sucks. But I've seen all, a real mix of reviews actually, which is interesting because it's not the normal. This is to DC. Like it's not across the board. This sucks. Um, and the initial reviews that came out were very strong, but it's been tempered by some some very negative ones. I, I really think it's going to have to be one you see to make your own mind up, but it does feel like there's a fair bit of disparity across the reviewers. Adam, the computer, is seeing well, it today. I, I, before we get to Adam's review, mm. I think the issue could also be that um, there's two Ezra Miller camps. Sure. You know, so... Because, you know... Uh, it's very hard to go yeah. into a, a movie unbiased, right? Sure. So if you've got massive problems with Ezra Miller and oh. the shit that he's done, you may go in there with um, um, already like yeah, nitpicky Like fuck this guy kind of thing, yeah. Because he's in it. But then because of who Ezra Miller is, he's also got his fans who'd be like, leave him, you know, leave Ezra alone, blah, blah, blah. And then they might be more, you yeah. know, rosy-eyed and see it as a great movie. So that probably does contribute a bit to the mixed, mm. uh, the mixed He's a factor. on top of that. Yeah. If some people just didn't like it or did like it, so it's all of that mixed together, which is why I think you're getting such 
Mm. Such mixed reviews. At the end of the day, I mean, I, I, you know, I think Ezra Miller's an idiot, and I'm not even a fan of his acting style. So that's a bigger problem for me than anything else. Like, I think Ezra Miller turning up at the premiere was a mistake because I, I just feel like they've pretty successfully marketed it as Batman heavy, whether it is or not. They've they've successfully marketed it that way. Him turning up at the premiere for five seconds, waving, I think hurt the box office instantly. I really do. I think there's a negative association with him in civilian clothing. Um, I'm not saying that will last forever, but I think... You know, his shit is still too recent. I think it would have been wise to keep him straight away from the premiere, put Keaton there, put Affleck there. There's other people who can cover that position. Um, and then all the Ezra Miller you have is on screen, and you can almost kind of forget about it. Him turning up in real life outside the Chinese theatre, waving for five seconds, I think soured a lot of people. It's going to be interesting to see what the box office is, especially the box office when the reviews aren't overwhelmingly negative, but they're not overwhelmingly positive. It, they're, they're a scatter. Um, 57 a Metacritic tells you a lot of films, you know, in this genre are around that number. Um, well, the thing is, I mean, the, 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 the reviews are definitely running the gambit because you've got some people saying it's the greatest fucking superhero movie. Mm. You've got people saying it's the worst, and then you've got the in-betweeners who are like, eh, it's fine it's a you know it's, it's yeah. a good serviceable movie and others like oh it's borderline you know well we've got some spoilers so i mean it's all over the place i've got so mitchell so so adam hasn't seen it yet he's seeing it today and he will have his review up um to me asap but it won't make the show but mitchell saw an event screening um and he says just got out of the flash you and rich will hate 95 percent of ezra miller's <laughs> performance uh, it has cgi shots that the CW would leave on the editing floor. Yeah, much well. In saying that, it's an entertaining romp through the DC universe and an endgame 20-minute finale that is awe-inspiring. Um, I have heard, spoilers, that Nick Cage turns out for five seconds as Superman, I believe. Um, well, I don't know if it's Superman, but I assume so. Well, some people are also asking or speculating that uh, a CGI Christopher Reeves uh, it has like a background or a cameo or a... That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. I think there's a real cycle through like a million different possibles, which explains Nick Cage, which is a good get, um, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting. I um, he aged him. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Um, he could be in Kingdom Come outfit, you know? That would be, that would mm. be cool. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, look, I definitely will see it um, for sure. Um, I hope to have seen it by next show. I think I will have. Uh, I think <laughs> Michelle hates The Flash. It's so funny. She just hates The Flash. She has no, like, she barely knows who he is other than he runs fast and she just thinks it's the lamest thing ever. Um, but. To be fair, that you've said that about Flash yourself. I have. No, I have. Uh, she's just a more extreme version of what I've said. No, I agree. I've come to like Flash more, but that's only, that's a years long sort of appreciation and it's more of the actual stories um uh, yeah look i i've i've certainly made a lot of jokes about flash and i've always been kind of borderline these days i sort of more like him but i can understand why people think he's lame um now batman the brave and the bold has lined up the flash directors andy machete to direct the upcoming dcu film that was announced today rich the Batman Brave and the Bold movie with, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, Damian Wayne. 
Um, this is one of the new James Gunn ones that you know he he announced when he came across. Um, excited, Rich, for Damian Wayne and Batman. No, uh, I mean I'm not. I'm not. I don't care. So I mean I'm not <laughs> hating on it. I just don't. I don't care. You're just very, very hesitant to give it the full tick of approval, aren't you? I'm just very hesitant to get in any way invested in this James Gunn DC. But like, this is going to be this is going to be the thing for me. Stuff, I, I'm not investing at all. Sure, you're just you're staying clear. Well, I mean, we'll have to first see. Um, so James Gunn has claimed that the Blue Beetle mm. um, is. The first DC hero of the the new DCU, the, his new DC. So mm-hmm. we're going to start judging from them. Which is the first one, Blue Beetle. Yeah, is that before Batman Brave and the Bold? Then, yeah, that's coming out like in a couple of months, September, okay. I think. Or oh right, yeah, okay. I think September. Okay, I like that Blue Remember Beetle. Remember, we saw a trailer for it already, mate. Yeah, I, I like that Blue Beetle myself. Actually, I, I'm a bit of a fan of that Blue Beetle. Yeah, but whether the movie's good is not that's what I'm talking about. I said I'm gonna I'm gonna start mm. judging his DC from Blue Beetle if if he's claiming that's the first hero of the yeah. new DC. Well, that, that's yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can only judge them on what product they actually. Well, I'm, end up I'm giving him a pass on Flash because he's had nothing to do with yeah, the Flash. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So I'm not I'm gonna judge him from Blue Beetle if he's claiming his that's influence the first. on Flash would be very minor. I think you know. Um, yeah, maybe some reshoots, but yeah, a little, little bit of stuff. But yeah, the the vast quantity of that. No, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, certainly James Gunn. Uh, it, it's he's it's going to kind of be right or die um, with his stuff because at least he's committing to a, to a whole lot of stuff. They've really got to stick with. They've got to stick and pick. I think you know, um, you you can't get the jittery feet that we've seen too often. I think. I think you've really got to. At least he's got a plan. And he's like, this well, is happening, you know? But as I said, I find the biggest, the biggest hurdle for me with DC at the moment is they're making the same mistake with the movies that they made with the new 52. What's up? You, you want to reboot without doing a reboot. Like, you only want to reboot some things, but you wanted the, to keep others. But I think this Flash might be it, man. I think this Flash movie might be the reboot. Mm, maybe, but then how do you... What, what is Peacemaker? Is Peacemaker just... Non-canon know. shit, or is it actually part of the DCU? I don't know, man. I mean, it's not that important. Like, let's face it. Like, it's an action comedy. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you going to be keeping some stuff of it? Because if so... No, it'll be a soft reboot. It'll be a soft reboot. It'll be a soft reboot. You know? I, I'm yeah, not that worried about that. I'm, I'm more worried about the quality of the movies. I don't really... You know, the Peacemaker show. We know it's getting a season two. Um, yeah, but but you you know that, like... I just feel like don't carry any of the stink over. Sure. Like no, and yeah, I'm not talking about stinkers in the mass effect. I just mean stinkers in it wasn't well received. Mm. Do a clean break. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like start with a clean break so that people know. Okay, this is new. This is not the same stuff. Let's give this a go. Whereas if it's a mixture of this old and the new, then people go, ah, it's still the same shit, and then maybe they don't get. I would say this though: Peacemaker was pretty well received. Like Peacemaker was a hit, you know. Yeah, but that's also a TV show. I'm not, I'm talking about movies. I'm talking sure. about like you know. I mean, yeah, yes, you're, you you're saying you don't want Gal, you don't want Gal Gadot turning up in the next. Well, that's my point. Yeah, if, if we're going to start having like Jason Momoa and Gal, then it's like, well, it's not a clean break. If yeah, you know, it's like 
are you going to, is this a clean break or is it like, oh, we're just restructuring? Like, that's what I want to say. Wait it's probably a bit of both, man. It's probably mostly a clean break. But with that's a my point. Then I feel like it's the same mistake they did with New 52. Uh, well. I just say pick one and go. Like, either do a reboot or don't and mm. try and fix it. But yeah. don't try and do both. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, they're, they're almost at the point where it could be a relatively clean break, if you think about it. Um, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll be well, interesting that's my point. You could have said the yeah, you could have said the Flashpoint's the last hurrah, or the, the Flash movie is the last hurrah of that DCU, and then we're starting clean. Mm. New Batman, new Superman, new Wonder Woman, new whatever, whatever. It's This is the new DCU. Mm. Well, I but think, if you're not doing that, well, I, I'm a little less inclined well, you're to get getting a new, You know you're getting a new Superman, and you're getting a new Batman. Yeah, but are we keeping Ezra Miller as the Flash? I don't know. Remember the director? Oh, only Ezra Miller can play the Flash. He's the fucking bestest Flash in the world. So I'll be keeping Ezra Miller. What about Jason Momoa? Is he gone? Is he coming back as Aquaman? Like, that's the thing. I, these are the things that are, I don't know the answers to, so I'm waiting to see. Sure. Well, he's definitely coming back as Aquaman for Aquaman 2, which apparently has terrible test screenings. Terrible test screenings. I'm just saying, like, get a clean break, man. Like, just... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm a little bit more forgiving than you, I think. I, I, I just... Yeah. Well, you you can do a reboot, and they... Like, it happens in comics. You can do a reboot, and it can be the same actor, but he's in a different, you know, a changed yeah, universe. But, but comics are a bit different, though, Dave, because one bad comic doesn't um, brag your whole line down, mm. you know? Like, okay, let's say, you know, I'm Superman's popular, obviously. Batman's popular, obviously. But let's say you do a bad Blue Beetle. Well, it's not going to destroy your line. But mm. you haven't made a good line to begin with. So sure. there's nothing to prop up your bad choices or your bad decisions. Or but you've got to start somewhere. Not so there's always got to be a first movie in his regime, whether it's Blue Beetle, Batman Brave and the Bold, whatever. There's going to be a first one that kicks it off. Yeah, no, but, but I'm saying I just want to see, uh, is it a clean break or are you carrying over stuff from the failed mm. DCU. That's all I'm waiting to see. Mm. Uh, yeah, interesting. I mean, I think a lot of the actors are going to be different. I, 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 I don't see Momoa lasting much longer past Aquaman 2. Hey, we've had this conversation. I'm all for a complete full recasting of everything. Mm. Well, we're almost there, I think. I mean, they've recast Superman. I think they're going to recast Wonder Woman. They're definitely recasting Batman. I mean, who's left? Ezra Miller? I mean, like, is anyone really that, you know, fascinated with Ezra Miller that we couldn't possibly recast him, you know? He's unemployable almost by anyone else, so he'll do anything he can to keep that job. But that doesn't mean they can't just ditch him, you know? His career, ironically, due to his issues, is in the toilet at the very time that he has a movie out. It's kind of funny. Um... So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, who knows what the story is there. I, I mean, I, I definitely think they probably should recast him. I think I think he's fucking terrible anyway. Like, regardless of his fucking problems in Hawaii, I think he's an awful actor, um, frankly. And I think that that's the only thing about the Flash movie that makes me cautious. It's the amount of Ezra Miller that I know is going to be in it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the story will be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to seeing all these multiple worlds and stuff. Like, I'm excited to see Keaton and Affleck and blah, blah, blah. You know, all that is cool. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of Ezra Miller playing two characters, double the Ezra, you know? 
he playing three characters? Oh, however many. However fucking many. However fucking many he's playing, man. It's too many, you know? Well, there's supposed to be an evil Flash in this as well. Yeah, yeah, there is. The Black Flash. Yeah, or Dark so Flash. That's probably him as well. So that's at least three characters. Oh, well. We'll see. Um, now, you had some news. Right. Imagine that. Eh? He's, there's so much Ezra Miller in this, and yet he's so, like, polarizing. <laughs> well, he's brought it on himself. <laughs> You know. No, but I'm just saying that's just so funny to me. It's like what what poor planning, what poor um um yeah uh, series of events that led to that. Oh yeah, totally. Well, I mean, you know, drugs, uh, mental illness, but let's not forget the drug abuse, and let's not forget the grooming, you know, and, mm. and the attacking and the, of people, and the cult, and the, the cult and the attacking of people in Hawaii. Like fuck, fuck, forgetting it. it. It fucking happened. I mean, he's it's a miracle the guys aren't in jail. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's, it's definitely proof that money talks. You know what I mean? Uh, top lawyers got him out on, like, you know, out of jail, which is where he really doesn't belong. Um, somehow he's escaped jail, you know, which is just ridiculous. If you or I went and did that, man, in Hawaii, we'd be locked up before we got through half of it, you know? <laughs> like, seriously. And, and that's the part... I, look, I don't give, I don't care that much, but there's a little part that it just annoys me because I'm just like, it's another case of a celebrity, you know, with, with a major studio behind him that has a huge movie that they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in, um, has a vested interest in protecting what's left of his reputation just so they can have that five seconds. I mean, I understand that, but I, I wouldn't have put him in the premiere because I, I actually think that hurt the box office the second they did that. I reckon there's a not a huge percentage, but there's a, there's a few people out there who just see that and think, fuck Ezra Miller, you know? And, 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 and the argument I see that's hilarious, and I saw this online, and people are allowed to do what they want. Go see The Flash. I'm seeing The Flash, so I don't really care. But there were people going, oh, you can't not go see the movie because of Ezra Miller. Think of all the people who work so hard on it. And I put a reply at, so you see every film that comes out? <laughs> or, do you, or do you make decisions on what you want to see? Because every film that comes out has a host of people working behind the camera very hard. You know, every fucking movie, good or yeah. bad or, or in between. Like, it's just such a pathetic sort of, um, what's the word, shill kind of thing. Like, it's like, let people make their minds up. If, if people have a negative perception of Resident Miller and don't want to see The Flash, they're allowed to. You know that that's that that that's the marketplace. Like, well, that's that's the argument of like, let's say you go to a restaurant, right? But the service is good, but the chef is shit. Mm. Well, you don't go, but you have to keep going because the staff is so polite. So, yeah. No, it's shit food. It's terrible food. I'm gonna keep going just because the service is good. Like, I still need to eat good food. It's the same with the movie. It doesn't matter if a hundred people worked on it. Yeah. It still needs to be a good movie or have actors that you enjoy or. Yeah, I mean, I don't, right, I don't I get it. Like, and especially in promotion, like the job of the marketing, which I think is actually they've done well with Flash, is to really dial in on the Batman. You know, they've really gone overtime on that, which is clever, especially when you're covering up a weak star. You know, um, yeah. So I think they've done a decent job marketing wise. Uh, look, and it will be interesting from a commentator's perspective, to see how it goes at the box office. I think it will be interesting. Um, especially with such divisive reviews that are neither... The, the reviews are very mixed. Like, they're, they're, they're all over the shop. So, 
it's almost like, you know, just lots of different reactions, which is kind of interesting. So I'm looking forward to seeing it personally. Um, you know, I'm, I, I feel quite sort of happy to go see it. Um, but I can understand those who, who won't. Now, you've got some stuff on the Xbox Showcase. Tell us, talk us through this, Rich. What was it? It wasn't terrible. Um, we actually got to see some gameplay for Avowed, mm-hmm. which is Obsidian's new game, which is very um, Oblivion Skyrim-y, so you're going to really? like that. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's it called? And then, Avowed. Uh, it's called Avowed. Okay, good. Um, and then they, they showed some, also some, a lot of gameplay and like a big hour on Starfield, which looks looks to be Bethesda's best game. Good. Um, like they've really upped the graphics and they've put a lot of work into it. So fingers crossed that one turns out to be pretty good. Um, Is that coming out this year? Yes. Excellent. Uh, uh, so Starfield's their big... Uh, Avowed not coming out till twenty twenty four, but yeah, uh, Starfield should be this year at the end of the year, I think. Obsidian, like, what was their biggest game? Set in the same world as Pillars of Eternity. Okay, so that was probably their biggest game, was it? Did they do that game? Who did Dishonored? Dude, Obsidian's done a lot of. They did um, uh, Neverwinter Nights two. They oh, did um, right. Baldur's uh, Gate two. They did oh, Night wow. Public two. Oh, they uh, Obsidian did, uh, did this. Did they? Uh, Fallout New Vegas. Oh, these games are all loved. Yeah. Um, Who did Dishonored? No, that's a, that's a different company. I love Dishonored, man. I thought Dishonored was a lot of fun. Arcane Studios, I think they called it. Did them. you like Dishonored? I thought Dishonored was a lot of fun. No, I didn't, actually. Oh, man, Richard. You know, what what happened to you as a child that you can never agree with? Like, you didn't like Dishonored, man? I thought that was one of my favourite games for a while. Don't you remember? I just played many games. I'm sorry, Dave. Just, <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? I can't, I was just I can't like something that so I didn't happy. like. I was, it was like roguish. I actually... I, I'll, I'll give this point to you now. There was a moment when I was playing that game where I thought I was in the game. You know? I actually thought... Like, God, that happens to you so often, Dave. Oh, but no, but it, but it clicked. But that's when I know I'm enjoying it, man. You know? Well, I didn't click. I didn't feel like didn't I was in like the game. So what do you want me to do? I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do, man. Really, I mean, go go outside, look up to the stars, and and say, "Why God?" You know. <laughs> oh, Dave, have you played Have you played Wulong? <laughs> what? Come on, man! That was a great game. I loved that game. Why haven't you played that game, Dave? I've why, not even why played you play it. Yeah, I've like, not like even it. I've not even heard of it, man. But that's my point. So don't okay. don't come at me because I don't like a game that you like when I've played more games than you. Well, all I can say is Dishonored. Maybe that's the problem, Dave. Maybe you haven't played enough games to actually judge good games. I have played plenty. Let's have a look at what's the game I'm talking about. Dishonored. I'm looking at at Dishonored on Metacritic. I reckon it's got an 80. I reckon it's above 80. Yeah, but they didn't sell well. And the second one sold even less than the first one, I think. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave. I I thought it was a huge game. We got 91 on Metacritic. Yeah. That I thought it was a bestseller, yeah. man. I thought it was a huge game. But there you go. Turns out, maybe I don't know at all. By the way, the same people that made Dishonored, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure the same people that made Redfall. <laughs> that's that, That's a flop. That's a big flop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Street Fighter Six has got a 92 on Metacritic. Yeah. Oh, people seem to be enjoying that. Yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? I didn't actually finish what? Dishonored or Dishonored 2. <laughs> But I did enjoy what I played. Um, 
But, you know. It's very rare for you to finish a game, though. I did get a long way into the original Dishonored. I actually, I, I, got, I probably it's got... It's very rare for you to finish a game. It's, I it's, don't even think you finished Red Dead Redemption 1. I have. Yeah, you will have to take that back, my friend. I certainly have. I have not Fair finished enough. Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, but I have certainly done Red Dead Redemption 1, and I finished the um, zombie uh, expansion as well. I completed the entire game. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2, I very much enjoy, but I'm about 60% of the way through, and I do plan to go back and finish that. Um, I haven't been able to play games because I haven't had my console set up since we've moved, but I'm the game I was playing is Witcher 3 um, to finish, which I am a long way in, and will finish. Um, and oh, yeah. my... I mean, you've, you've played Cyberpunk, haven't finished that. Play Witcher, haven't finished that. Oh, slow down, slow down. Still playing both of those games. Cyberpunk. Yeah, but you'll be playing them forever, Dave. Cyberpunk, I'm a long <laughs> way through, my friend. Um, you'll be playing that forever. Cyberpunk, I'm a long way through, my friend. I love that game. and I, I think it took you like three or four years to finish Skyrim. No, Skyrim, I, I finished uh, the, 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 the main game within... S- probably four to six months but then i went back and i played all the different um side quests and stuff as well so i kept playing that game skyrim was a game that i finished you know in a for me a short space of time um what's the game i was thinking of assassin's creed valhalla finished that assassin's creed origins finished that um i have gotten better at completely what about odyssey no i haven't even owned it but have never played it um, yeah. I skipped Odyssey. I know I haven't even started it, but I I went from Origins, which I which I play. You called yourself an Assassin's Creed fan, oh. I, dude. The Viking stuff I, it was so fucking enticing for me. It was so great. They didn't come out at the same time, Dave. What's that? They didn't come out at the same time. No, you had plenty of time to play Odyssey. <laughs> but I did. I bought Origins late. I mean, why am I explaining myself like I'm on trial? I bought Origins late. <laughs> I bought, I, I did. I bought Origins around the time Odyssey came out. Origins took me a long time to finish because there was a lot of grinding in that game. Um, but I, I did finish it. It had a couple of hard levels on it too, but I finished it. And then I played Valhalla, which I also finished. And the only reason Valhalla took me time to finish was because I did so many of the side missions. Um, I fucking love oh, that game. Yes, some good news, I think. For you as well, I think you may be a fan. What? It wasn't in the uh, Xbox showcase, but Capcom had their showcase and it was pretty shit. But to one good thing in it, what? Dragon's Dogma Two. Yes, yes. There's a game that that I've played at fucking love. Um, yes, yes, Richard. I'm that happy. Was the best thing to come out of the Capcom uh, show. Do we have a date on when that game's coming out? I, I dude, I love that game, Dragon's Dogma. Oh, it's only just announced, so I wouldn't expect it this year. That is a great game, the original Dragon's Dogma. It's so underrated. It's so underrated, man. Like, people do not give that game... People who play that game know. I completely agree. People who play that game know. You know, it's it just didn't... It it was sort of like... um, It's got some flaws, like, in it, but honestly, it's got some of the most fun stuff in any game. That I've played, it's it's got some sort of mechanical flaws in it. Like it's a little, what do you call it? Like it's an illusion of of an open world. It's very much on rails, and, and like the, the you call that a sandbox? Uh, yeah, but it's a limited sandbox. 
you know? No, but that's what it's... No, dude, a sandbox has walls. Like, oh. a sandbox is a square. Yeah. Like, so you play in the sandbox, but it's not... So open world is, like, open world. Now, some people call it open world sandbox, but for me, it's two different things. Open oh. world is you can, like, go almost anywhere, mm. you know, uh, do whatever you want. Whereas a sandbox is, it's like, yeah, it's a little bit open, but you can only go to certain places or yeah. certain areas type of thing. So it's more of a sandbox where you've got some freedom, but not like an open world freedom where you can just go. Well, that was definitely original Dragon's Dogma. And also, and this is the only way I can use to describe it, when you where you go, it's got some bits that are really open, but there's a lot of, like... Almost, if you can imagine, like a canyon. So you can only go on, like, even though it looks big, you can only go down little passageways. It's all very sort of like roads, almost, but you're enclosed. Mm -hmm. Am I explaining it like well enough? Like, and I think I think I think people get from what my explanation about the same. Well, what about my explanation? You 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 just say too many words that don't go anywhere. Okay, listen. I think I've given a very good explanation as well, Richard. Okay, well, you think so then, that's fine. <laughs> and, and I was going to go deeper, but I, I'm tired and I can't remember. But but all I can say is, as a fucking game, though, it's got some really awesome stuff in it. Like, Not just that, it had a fantastic story as well. It's got a great story, and like it's got stuff in it. Like you can go down to the base of this massive dungeon, and there's like Cthulhu kind of tentacle monsters there, and you're getting these gems and shit. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in it, and also um, it's got these transit points where you can pick up like uh, other people's characters and include them in your party and stuff. Like it's really quite cool. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it was a cool game. I, I, I really felt it was a bit ahead of its time. I, I, I love that game. Um, so I'm excited to hear that they're cooking up a second one. Um, now, you have some news here about Marvel. Are delaying movies, Rich, including ones we actually care about? So it's actually, it's a, it's a Disney-wide thing, apparently. Uh, mm. Disney is, is delaying movies, but they also delaying a bunch of Marvel movies. So, um... Uh, yeah, uh, the Avengers movies are being delayed. The Fantastic Four movies being delayed. Um, uh, so is Avengers oh, Secret Wars? Has been delayed. There's been a, a, a whole bunch of movies that's been delayed from the Marvel. And I heard that Deadpool 3 has been pushed up and something else has been pushed back. I mean, it feels like there's well, a lot of... It's going to be very hard to push up uh, Daredevil with all the strikes going on. Yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, there's a. It feels like there's a lot of. Um... Remember, he's not allowed to ad lib. Well, he can't. He he can't create on the spot because he's technically a writer, so he can't do much filming unless he sticks to the script. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I mean, what a terrible time for the writer's strike to happen. Um, when this this is happening, you know, you just you just question everything. You know, I mean, support the writers. It could be a blessing in disguise giving people a break from Marvel so maybe they'll enjoy them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm worried about Deadpool 3, man. You know, um, I, I can live with I Avengers. I wouldn't worry about it. He kind of, you know, Dead, let's be honest, Deadpool exists on his own. He's, mm. He doesn't need the Marvel. No, I agree. He doesn't need the Marvel stuff. So, you know. Oh, shit. They showed a trailer for Fable as well in the showcase and it looked awful. Did it really? <laughs> really? It, looks, it looked bad. Oh, no. That's no good. So it's like a, it had none of the cool design and charm of of the original games. It it's just it looks ugly. Like it looks, but not in the not in the cartoony ugly way that the originals were. Just ugly as in like oh they just made ugly people. That's a shame. Those originals were such fun games, you know. 
they really they really were fun games, man. You know. Look, I mean, fingers crossed, it might still be a good game, but they didn't show because they didn't show gameplay. Mm. But um, it didn't it didn't look like Fable. Let's just say that it didn't. If you if I show you that trailer and I didn't tell you what it was, mm. I think you would ever say, "Oh, that's Fable." So oh, speaking of games, I finished Fable Two and Fable Three. There you go, Richard. I'm a Fable One. I barely played it. I only ho- I hopped on board yeah, it. Another game you didn't finish. I barely ever played it. I hopped on board. I hopped on board on Fable Two, my friend. I hopped on board on Fable did Two. You, did you start playing it? Yes. Then you didn't finish it. Mm, I did start, but like when you say start, <laughs> I, 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 you know what? You know, actually, I'm remembering now. I had I had Fable One on my PC, actually. Yeah, I played it. I played and it on I, PC and Xbox. And I played a little bit of it, but then you know me, I like to spot a bandwagon. And then when Fable Two came on, I and you knew me then. I bought that game and I loved that game. Remember how much Fable Two I used to play? I used to play it all mm-hmm. the time. I loved that game. I built houses. You became a, you became a property baron, if I remember correctly. I was a, yeah, yeah, I built houses. I, I I would secret my lovers away in the houses. I loved that game. I was I was actually addicted to that game. Fable three I enjoyed, but I felt like it was a really like a cheap and shortened version of Fable two. Um, Fable two is one of my actually I would put in my top sort of ten games of enjoyment. I'm not saying it's the best game of all time, but in games I mean, I've enjoyed. Again, just like sort of Dragon's Age two, Fable three had a, an interesting idea, just not executed. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Well, it was it felt rushed. Uh, look, it was fun enough. But but it was it was also you know, I like the idea of like having to make decisions like mm. the the only half the story is about you becoming the king like overthrowing your brother becoming the king mm. and then the other half is like okay but now you have to make all these decisions as king to save yeah. the kingdom from this impending darkness and guess what a making the right right decision doesn't always lead to the the best outcome mm. uh, for the kingdom and so I thought that was very interesting it just wasn't. It wasn't done well. It was very undercooked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it was also the, the, the problem I have is that every good decision mm. was the wrong, like the bad decision, and every bad decision was like, like I wish they'd mix it up a little bit. Like mm. it seems like the only way to save money was to make bad decisions, and the only way, uh, but but doing good means you would go bankrupt. And I was like, but that's not how you know. That's well, that's if... not new enough it's not yeah you need to mix it up a bit if you just had a massive amount of wealth it was really easy yeah but that's what i'm saying like it's just it's they they needed to do it better it was it wasn't it wasn't it was undercooked well you're right because i remember if you're massively wealthy which my character was you could almost buy your way to a perfect ending but yeah, because you could make all the all the people happy, and then just put all your money, inject all your money into yeah into the coffers. It was a bit of a cop out. So yeah, yeah. But if you were playing without the knowledge of that the the treasury being so important, every decision you made uh, meant the darkness took over more areas and stuff. Um, I mm. I read something really interesting that apparently, you, if you won it and everything was dead. Everything dies for ages of the game, but it does actually come back. Like there is mm-hmm. an there is an ending where you win, but at the cost of everything, and people are like it's a dead world. But apparently, if you play the game for like another month, it it, it actually does come back gradually. 
now I don't know if that's apocryphal, but that's what I was told. Yeah, you know? but again, I just wish they'd implemented it better. I, wish oh, I totally, like, totally agree. Yeah, like you know what I mean. It was just more. Um, it was sloppy. More fun, more nuance. You yeah, know, it was sloppy. Um, not just like a binary choice. Like, yeah, no, I agree. It was good it, is bad. Decent, and bad. decent like ideas were behind that, but but it, it felt rushed. It felt like they hadn't really properly thought it out. Um, you know, it, there was yeah, I totally agree. They, they could have done that a lot better. You know. Um, but that was a symptom of that game, I think. It was rushed out because the second one was so popular. I think the second one was really popular, and they just they rushed the third one, it felt like to me. Oh, the first two were, were, were great. first two were absolutely beloved. Like, the first one, uh, you know, that one even had DLC and all that sort of mm. stuff. A lot of people were playing that for a long time. And, yeah, the second one, everyone, yeah, everyone is having a lot of fun with that game. Mm. Had a very good story and all that, but yeah, third one probably was a bit of a rush job. Yeah, um, and yeah, not yeah. as well received. Yeah, man. Well, sad, sad way to end a trilogy. Totally. And from what you're saying, the the new one um, sounds like it's a bit shit. Well, again, no gameplay. I don't know, but when you watch it, it looks like it just like as I said, if you didn't see the word fable, mm. you would not. You would not. Your brain would just go, "Oh, that's fable." You just be like, oh, this is some fantasy, like weird fantasy, yeah, game. Okay, no, I just, I wanna, just feel I, like I, I feel like Fable has such a distinct style. Oh, totally, yeah, very cartoony almost. That you, know? you should be able to do it that people go, oh my god, that's Fable. Agreed, and a lot, I think a lot of it had to do with it was whimsical. And by the way, I just want to announce the Aussies have just taken the first wicket in the Ashes. We've got England on the ropes at one for twenty-two. Um, Josh Hazelwood brought it to the attack, or he taken a wicket. Um, I think whimsical and cartoony, and even though it, there was death in Fable, it never was like Skyrim gritty. You know, it, it always had an air of whimsy about it, I always felt. Mm. Would you agree? Like, I, I agree. It, yeah. it, it was very, yeah, it felt like a, um, a fable. It felt like a, a fairy tale. Exactly. A cartoony fairy tale. I mean, you could even join up the evil people and sacrifice people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did. <laughs> look, I mean, look, that stuff may be in the game. I don't know because they haven't really showed any gameplay. But mm. the, the, the humor was a little bit there. Oh, there was humor. Yeah. But it, no, I mean for this trailer, the oh, humor right. was there a little bit, but it just didn't look like Fable. It didn't yeah. feel exactly like Fable. So look, that could be a non-issue. Maybe the game comes out and it's so Fable, you love it. Yeah. I don't know, but again, I have to see more gameplay and what the game actually like plays and looks like to to see. But uh, it does have rich. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Richard uh, Aodi. Mm. He was know, doing the voice uh, in the in the trailer, like he was a character in the trailer, a giant, okay. I think. Right. Well, okay. But just kind of being himself, you know, that typical IT fucking Richard Aodi that he. That he oh, does. I know the guy, yeah. the geeky guy with the yeah. yeah. Okay, I know the guy. Yeah. Okay, he is amusing. Actually, I will say that um, he is. But I feel like it's just he's just him in everything. Yeah. Like he's doesn't he's, matter what yeah. he's in, he does yeah. that same character. So. 100%. He's one of those actors who just has one style and just, he's just happy to just milk it, you know, 
as much as possible. Yeah, and, and you seem so often now, you kind of got to be in the mood to find it funny. <laughs> well, when, when someone's only got one string to their bow, it almost feels like, you know, and he's not, it's not like he's challenging himself with other roles. That guy always does that. I mean, I'm not, I don't even watch those shows, but I've seen him plenty of times do that shit, you know? Mm. Uh, look, he's okay. He, look, to be fair, he's in a game. Well, no, I don't hate okay. him, yeah. but it's just that, you know, you just, I don't feel like, oh, oh it's that guy. And I'm more like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, it's that guy again. It's it's like oh yeah here he is again this guy we know we know what this guy's going to bring to the table you know mm-hmm. um, now Spider Verse uh, you didn't get have a chance to see it I thought you were seeing it with your girlfriend Rich but she didn't she wasn't in the mood this week oh come on so. man really Jesus Christ hey don't blame me I'm not the one that wants to watch it she wants to watch it I said do you want to go watch it this week she said nah I'm not in the mood I said okay you were in the mood well, to go I wasn't going to force it on and you were, you, were, you were in the mood to go see those fucking lights in a massive crowd no no no, no. That again that was her she wanted to go see that she I was took driving her. the bus do you think I want to go shoulder to shoulder with people no. looking at lights in no the actually that's that, that's making me chuckle because I know how much you would hate it you would hate it even more than me with my bad back you know I would hate it but I know you would hate it even more yeah. Know? So again, I look. If she wants to go see it, I'll take her. But she didn't feel like seeing it. You didn't say you've got some signal duties, like Dave's making me say it. Oh, uh, look, I I told her that uh, <laughs> we have to go watch Flash. So yeah, okay, that's fair. That's I've already I've already used the signal. Well, Spider Verse will be better than Flash. Spider Verse is actually pretty good. Like I think you'll enjoy Spider Verse more than you'll enjoy uh, Flash. Again, I I don't care. I I haven't even finished watching the first one, so it doesn't bother me. Jesus Christ! I mean. Once again, Rich, you know, like, just got to always be that guy against the flow. Now, Adam... Hey, I've seen all the Spider-Man movies. I just don't give a shit about Miles Morales. I'm sorry, man. What, well, what no one does. Do? No one really does. I don't care about fake Spider-Man. <laughs> no, one, no one outside of Brian Michael Bendis actually cares about Miles Morales. But we have to sort of pretend we do. And at least he's in a, in a decent movie. You know, the movie's good. Look, he's okay. Like, honestly... He's so vanilla that it's just like, okay, he's just very sort of... But you know what I kind of feel like annoys me about this, like him, right, is I just think to myself, (laughs) you're doing a Spider-Man movie, right, about different spider people, Mm. and you don't have like a young Peter Parker kind of getting trained by like an older, kind of failed um, sort of Peter Parker, and then have a Gwen... That's what it is, the first movie. No, it's not the first movie, because the first movie is Miles Morales. No, in the first movie, he's getting trained by the old Spider-Man. And, Dave, um, Dave, Dave, Dave. He is. Stop watching the cricket. Please stop watching the cricket and listen to me. Yeah. I said, imagine if it was a Peter Parker being oh, trained by a Peter Parker and also meeting a Gwen. And then you turn around and say, it is, bro, it is. <laughs> Like, listen. <laughs> You're very uh, feisty tonight, Rich. I don't know why. I go, I go into all that explanation that you turn around and say to me, it is. Well, well apart from, everything I just apart said, from the one listening. detail, I missed the one detail. Like, it is, except you it's mean my the most, you mean, Sorry, you mean the most important detail, Dave? You well, only missed the most important I think detail. everyone really in the world would prefer it when it was a young Peter Parker, <laughs> but instead it's fucking Bendis' Miles Morales. I'm you just, know? And you could work with so much more of, of Peter's history. And, True. 
True. And like that, that rich, it's diversity, Look, it's PC. I don't mind being edited as some sort of alternate Spider-Man. Yeah, like he, showing yeah. up and being a side character. Agree. It's agree. fine. Yeah. But I still feel like it should be Peter as the main character. I'm sorry. Like, I agree with Spider-Man. you. Actually, you, you know kid. what? Fucking, I agree with you 100%, Rich. Like, after disagreeing with you originally on this point, I actually, now now that I've actually understood it, I fully agree with you, Richard. Um, You'd be handy on election day because I get confused. I'm like, man, which way to pick? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like. Sometimes I walk in there and I think this is a fucking, this is a lottery. You know, anyone could win this one with me. You know, I get oh, in there. Where was I supposed to put that X again? No, but I get in there too, and I'm like, oh, the poor, because you know, I like animals. I'm like, oh, the animals party, and then, <laughs> and I become a real bleeding heart sometimes. I'm like, oh, you know, and the poor trees, and then I'm like, you know, I, I forget all my principles. Uh, you know, and there was that famous time where yeah, that... I, I would never vote for that party because one, I love to eat meat, and two, I hate vegetables. Yeah, but I'm just saying I'm very susceptible um, and very, you know, just I, I have no backbone when it comes to that. I, I walk in there and I'm just like, man, I've got no idea. I really am. My mind's spinning right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just like I, just, I feel like it's almost unfair sometimes. I'm like, man, I could pick anyone. Anyone, anyone's fucking up for grabs. Now, um, okay, so Adam the Computer went and watched Spider-Verse again. He said, okay, first watch of Spider-Verse was jarring for me. Not the fun romp the first was, and it was often heavy. Also had a four-year-old sitting through the longest movie she's ever seen. Second watch now, though. This is special. This is a masterpiece, in my opinion. <laughs> and then this. And I, 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 I sent a love heart to that message. And then he said, like, it's honestly probably the best movie of the last 15 years. There you go. Um, there you go. Best movie of the last 15 years. I love it when people make big statements like that. What, what's come out in the last 15 years that could rival it? Uh, Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sure. Uh, English Bastards. Yeah. Uh, Hateful Eight. Uh, Wolf of I mean, Wall Street. Just, just pick, any, any, pick any Quentin Tarantino movie that came out in the last 15 Wolf, years. Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. Love that movie. Yeah, I mean the the two Avengers movies that like sure was almost the sort of the pinnacle of of shared cinematic. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, but I, I I'd prefer Spider Verse over them actually. I think look, I'll uh, look, he loves yeah, it. Yeah, but I feel like they build off that. Like, I, I feel like they they've got the idea for those movies because of those movies. I don't know, like the time traveling in the multiverse. Yeah, but everything builds from somewhere, man. I mean, you know. No, but I'm just saying, but you're going to get that without the others. I mean, don't slam it just because... I'm not slamming. That, that, that came second. Dark um, Knight? I still think those were phenomenal for their time. Dark I mean, Knight? Probably doing a little bit now. The Dark Knight? Uh, yeah, that would have probably been in the last 15 years. Wow. But I wouldn't say that the last 15 years is cluttered with a vast amount of great movies. Uh... Into the, across the Spider-Verse, I, I said, with the original one, I said it was my favourite... Oh, wait, your movie Logan came out in the last 15 years. Yeah, true. Um, Deadpool 1 as well. Mm -hmm. There's another one. I, I think it, it ranks very... I think, I think there's more than you think about that, because the problem is, is obviously you, just, you also do forget a lot of movies, like, I mean, uh, Inception. Sure, Interstellar. Um, Oh, yeah, Inter Interstellar. Like, Inception was I'm just, just was trying good. to think of, of shit, like, actual Inception good movies good. that came out. Dunkirk. Oh, John Wick. <laughs> John, John Wick. Wick came out in the last 15 years, like... Yeah. Um, it's in the conversation. 
Um, I will say this. Maybe. Uh, I will say this. In terms of superhero movies, I think it's 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 top tier. Uh, I also think in terms of Spider-Man movies that my favourite two Spider-Man movies are Sp- uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse and Across the Spider-Verse kind of tied and just a tiny bit below them Spider-Man 2, which I think is an amazing movie. So when I saw the first Into the Spider-Verse, and this next one is more of the same, I felt that they were finally going places that I, I always feel the movies sometimes don't go far enough. I felt they were really going some interesting places. Um, and this one just goes further. So, I mean, he obviously loved it. I mean, he's the one making the comment. Last 15 years. Bang. Fair enough. You know? If that's his list, that's his list. That's his list, man. He's out in the computer. He, he's really gone out on a limb. Um, Beast Wars, man. I, I am so fucking excited for this fucking movie. I, I'm so pissed that I have to wait till June 22. It's a fucking joke, frankly. I wish I could blame CB for it, but I can't. This, is, this isn't CB's fault for once. Something that isn't his fucking fault. That fat little clown. Um, we can't blame this on him, you know? This is a f- you could if you wanted to, it just wouldn't be accurate. <laughs> well, I feel like I want to, but I'm not going to. Because uh, he takes so much blame for everything else that happens under his administration. You know, it's such a tainted legacy that he leaves. Um, there used to be this, this is funny, there was this guy, <laughs> this guy, I won't name him, he was the president of the local tennis club and I used to constantly have run-ins with him. Uh, you know, egos were clashing. And I, and I once said to him, I said, yours is the legacy of a tainted administration. <laughs> I was, I, I, I'm sure he was devastated. He was. He was. He was cut to the quick. And, and like, I always tossed in his face. I go, I go you're the president. And, you know, I would, I'd say to him almost as if he was the president of the US, but he was the president of the local tennis club. I go, <laughs> I, was, I was like, you're the president, and this has happened on your watch. I go, yours is the legacy of a tainted administration. And then I'd walk away. And it was just constantly like, it was just, it was constantly like, almost like a showdown every time. You know, it was it was unpleasant, but I enjoyed it. You know, me, I thrive sometimes on the conflict, man. You know what I mean? I remember once I was in the middle of a match and this fucking clown was like beating on the gate and I was in the middle of a close match and he came on court to just say some bullshit, like about like something about scheduling. And I was just staring at him, like staring at him. And he just eventually left the court. I came off court. I won. I go. I won. Then I said, "No thanks to you." I said, "Breaching all the rules of tennis, coming on almost during a live point." I go, "And you're president," and that happened on your watch. <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic. It was so dramatic, and I was so high on my own supply because I'd just come off a really close win, and I'm not a gracious winner. If I feel like I've beaten someone that I just detest, I, I I'm like, you know, I, I I like to really make them feel like, you know, the the greater man has won and the lesser has been crushed. You know, you try. My my coach always says, leave a scar, leave a scar if you can. Um, so you know. And, <laughs> And it was just great. And and I just came off... Well, at least you admit that you're a sore winner. Oh, I don't care. You know, I just don't care at all. Um, but that was one of my biggest... And I was sweating. It was like a million degrees hot. And I just slammed this guy. And he just he just ran away with a tail between his legs. And I think I even said, and that's our president? Really? It's just pathetic. You know? <laughs> I was like, 
They voted for this creep. <laughs> and of course, it's a job nobody wants. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was voted. I think he was the only person that was wanted that was willing to I take know. the job. And all he ever got from it was abuse. <laughs> Constantly questioning his authority in every turn. <laughs> That's why no one wants the job, Dave. Yeah, I know. Anyway, I don't know what that has to do with Beast Wars, but but like Beast Wars is out. I am fucking excited. Did you watch the original cartoon back in the nineties? Because I did. I fucking loved it. Uh, bits and pieces. I wasn't a big fan of it. It had a very weird animation style. That well, I yeah. Enjoyed. The problem is, is that back in those days, CG wasn't where it is now. No. So things like you know, remember reboot, mm. and and it just as someone who grew up with obviously cool animation, you know, mm. like when when you look at the original Transformers, mm. um, you know, and then you look at this weird, this new weird CG. It was crazy. That just doesn't quite. It moves a bit weird or it moves a bit differently. I just I was like, ah, oh, I didn't, I don't like it, and so. Um, and you know what? Uh, and you know, anime had the same problem because anime started to do more three uh, CG mm. stuff, and some of the early stuff was really bad. Like it looked like very bad video game cutscene yeah. type stuff and all that. But it's much much better now. Like Jesus Christ, watch Trigun Stampede if you, if you want. It's a remake of the original Trigun from mm. the nineties. Mm. Oh my God! It's some of the best like CG animation. You're loving anime. this. You, you mentioned this the other day, man. You, yeah. You, oh yeah. well, I just finished the first season, and the, and oh my god, I, like the animation is just it's it's movie quality animation in 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 the CG. Like you almost think to yourself, wow, what sort of budget did they have for the show? Because that sounds good. I feel like this is like high quality movie. But that was why I didn't get into the Beast Wars. Like yeah. I, I've I've been a Transformers fan, but Beast Wars, I liked the idea of it. I just didn't like the. I didn't like it. It was really odd. I, I think I, I my initial reaction was this sucks, but then I started watching it and I, was, I sort of got hooked on the storyline uh, a lot. I used to watch it actually pretty stoned because it was in the afternoon and we finished uni and we'd just watch it, sort of just more chilling than stoned. We were just chilling and it was on and we all had a good time and it was just it was just it was just a staple diet, you know, for for probably a year or so, and I, I enjoyed it for what it was, frankly. Um, mm. Anyway, I'm excited they've turned up in this in this new Transformers um, movie. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty fucking excited about it. Um, but I, there are no Dinobots, and there are also no Predacons, which is weird. Um, no, wait, they had Dinobots in one of the shitty ones. I know they did, they? Rich, but I thought they'd bring them back for this, because the Dinobots, Grimlock and all that, I thought they'd be perfect. Um, but they're not in it, man. Um, but yeah. wait, in Beast, yeah, in Beast Wars, they fought against the dinosaurs. I know, I know. The Fucking Megatron was a dinosaur. He was a T Rex. Mm. Yeah. Oh well, tough luck, dude. It's Galvatron in this man. It's Galvatron, dude, with the Terracons. Okay. I'm, I'm in it, man. Don't say tough luck, Dave. I'm in it. I, this is it, dude. It wouldn't surprise me. I know you're gonna laugh at this next comment. If we're in a matrix and the real Transformers are fighting and we're just inside some Transformers, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. I would be totally not surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't even be surprised. If that happened, uh, I'd be like, not even I wouldn't even blink my eyes. I'd be like that I expected it. I expected it. I saw it coming. I read the tea leaves. I get it. It's all connected. It's all connected. It goes back to childhood. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's all connected. I said to I said to uh, 
Mike Barron today. Mike, do you believe in astral travel? Simple question. He goes, well, what do you mean, Dave? So like flying through space? I go, yeah, that and, and more. He, he, he... You know, Dave, I've got to say, sometimes I'm a bit worried. Like, are you unhappy with life? No, I'm quite happy. Are you always praying and dreaming for this <laughs> matrix or like, like a different world or a different life? I just, I'm worried about you, man. No, I'm fine. I'm watching, I'm watching the cricket. I'm fine. And then my mind just wanders. You know, I said astral travel. He said physics coming to a Dave. And he went to a long explanation about black holes, which was super interesting. I was in it, man. I love that kind of stuff. Sometimes yes, I, I find that interesting, but I don't find myself pondering <laughs> if the world is fake and existence is like in the fucking stomach of an Autobot. Or, you know, no, I'm like, a Decepticon. Excuse me, I'm, I'm in a Decepticon, my friend. Fucking Autobot. I'm in, I'm in a fucking Decepticon and you know Whatever it. pot you're in, okay? Like... <laughs> I'm not with the fucking Autobots, man. I'm with the Decepticons. We're at the rule the fucking universe. Um, anyway. I'm where wherever Prime is, buddy. Because you are. That guy's voice is just... He is, it is a great. No, it is a great. It is a great voice. I agree. Um, now, anyway, uh, Transformers. Uh, oh yeah. So anyway, so there's a, a big fucking spoiler that I'm about to announce. So, kids, um, you know, take a chill pill. Like, listen to this. Be an adult and listen to the spoiler. None of this bullshit. Come back in five minutes. Listen to the spoiler and be a big boy or girl. Now. Um, the Rise of the Beast ending is explained. After momentarily saving Earth from the menace of Scourge and Unicron by joining forces with the Autobots and the Maximals in Peru, Noah Diaz returns to his Brooklyn life and attends an interview for a security job. To his surprise, the interviewer knows everything in Noah's life since his encounter with Mirage. He tries to boost the car at the beginning. Um, we've never seen that before, Rich. And it turns out it's an Autobot uh, Mirage. The character's name isn't directly mentioned in the movie, but some outlets name him Agent Burke. After informing Noah there is an ongoing war, he doesn't go into details, but he was likely referring to everyone's efforts to prevent Unicorn from destroying Earth. Agent Burke invites Noah to join a secret government organisation he works for. The business card he leaves to Noah reads, G.I. Joe. Boom. And then apparently, in case you um, couldn't read... He says, G.I. Joe. <laughs> well, to be fair, some blind people might be listening. That's true. We've got to think about the blind people. You know? I don't know what they're doing during the whole movie. Um, struggling, probably. Um, but I am so fucking excited. I am beyond excited now. I'm in a whole different galaxy. You know? this is it, It's all starting now. Now... We've got some Transformers box office, a weekend haul of 171 million globally, 110 that was international, beating Spider-Verse's numbers. Um, yeah, so it's it's over 200 million worldwide already. Uh, this oh, looks like it's got the Spider-Verse le- not from number one already. Sad. Oh, Spider-Verse has done okay, though. Like, you know, like Transformers is a pretty big fucking property, man. I, I'm. I know, but I'm just gonna say it's like you probably maybe, maybe wasn't the best. Oh, maybe they didn't. Maybe they thought Transformers was just kind of finished. Yeah, I mean, what, this is a kind they of had a week before Transformers came out, didn't they? But I think Spider Verse's numbers are pretty decent too. It's going to wind up with probably. Yeah, but it's going to eat. Is my point is it's going to eat into their sure box office. I mean, if you got the next big thing, well, 
yours just gets less and less because maybe sure. more people go and go, I'm going to go watch that movie again instead of well, Spider-Man. I don't know. Like, yeah, fuck it. Like, who cares? I've seen Spider-Man. It's the yesterday's news, man. Like, I uh, don't say it. <laughs> I know you're not invested. You're not making I'm saying it's bad for them. True. No, true. That they've, they've come out a week before Transformers and it looks like people do seem to be enjoying this Transformers. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So then, yeah. like, the last one. So... That's even worse for um, Spider Verse in in making big numbers. Sure, I mean, uh, not saying it makes Spider Verse a bad movie. I'm just saying it's bad for them if mm. if people are really digging. The I mean, I think Spider Verse will wind up with at least seven hundred, eight hundred million, which I think is still pretty reasonable. You reckon? Yeah, I think so. I I, okay. I, I think it will wind up. I mean, I, I'm not look. Let's have a look. Look at this. Box Office Mojo says Transformers Rise of the Beast. It's a fraction under two hundred, but it's you know. So one ninety-eight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's it, it might as well be two hundred. Let's have a look at Spider versus numbers. Uh, let's have a look. What's I brought in already? Four hundred and twelve. Yeah. What did I say? Seven hundred, eight hundred. Yeah, I think that's possible. Seven fifty. You said. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think I think that's quite reasonable. I think it'll have legs. But it's probably two hundred and forty-seven million in America alone. Um. Yeah. I think it'll it'll wind Actually, up. Actually, Dave, that's where most of its money's come from. I know, but I, I think it will wind up seven hundred, eight hundred. I think it's. I, I'd be surprised if it's less. Frankly, I think it'll have legs. But you are, but you do make a good point, Richard, and you've been making them all night. Um, that Transformers is definitely eating some of its lunch. Is basically your point, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, a, a movies only do super well. If with repeat mm. views and you know i'm just saying if transformers are doing that well maybe people their repeat view is going to be transformers and not mm. that which is going to hurt it a little bit i mean you know again you want to make as much money as you can i but... can't wait to see rise of the beast man i can't fucking wait like it just feels like sometimes like i just get reprogrammed like a robot and i'm just like man i'm so fucking keen for it like i'd kill for it right now you know but <laughs> Unfortunately, if I kill, it's not going to bring it, man. So there's no point. You know, there's no point. That is in, correct. Dave. There's no point in sacrificing people <laughs> for it, man. Because as far as we're aware, they will not push forward the release date in Australia. You know, I know. Sadly, sa- no. Dave. Sadly, no. Sadly, sadly no. no. Sadly, you know, exactly. And there's little things like laws, you know, um, constraining our, you know, uh, methods. Our mm, you know, methods, urges, yeah. um, all that stuff, man. Like we live in a society, um, there are rules, uh, and they suck basically. Um, now, <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a exclusive. These rules that are made to protect me suck. There's an exclusive Michael Keller Shimmer review of Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. It was fun. This was aimed at a younger audience, and it showed. The synopsis. Unicron invades the planet of the Maximals in an attempt to obtain a key device which will allow him to transport throughout time and space and eat everything. Optimus Primal and his gang escape to Earth with the key, leaving Unicron stranded where he is. Fast forward to 1994, we have a young archaeologist intern activate an object she discovered hidden in an ancient statue, which turns out to be half of the key device. The key sends out a beacon, which alerts Optimus Prime that the device is in New York. Optimus alerts all nearby Autobots to convene and obtain the key, which he hopes will send them back home to Cybertron. The minions of Unicron, led by Scrooge, Scourge, 
Peter Dinklage, oh, Peter Dinklage is back. Trace, I'm uh, the only one saying, just wondering this, and this is not it a. Came from the moon. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to make a comment now, and I don't want to be judged harshly. Is he playing like a miniature transformer? Um, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> Scorch traces the beacon as well and confronts the Autobots. After millions of dollars in property damage, the Autobots lose the key but discover where the other half is. They fly down to Peru and discover the Maximals led by Optimus Primal, but so to do the bad guys. More fighting, more property damage, etc., etc. The good guys win. Um, it was a simple plot and could have been an 80s cartoon movie script but was over enjoyable overall. The Autobot Mirage was a standout star and RC looked good. I only saw the film because RC was in it. Is she the female Transformer? Which I've seen um, in the ads. The biggest letdown is that after the opening scene, most of the Beast Wars characters don't show up till the end of the film and Cheetah and Rhinox have very little screen time at all. That sucks. Um, he then mentions the final scene. It wasn't even a secret scene with Noah and G.I. Joe, but they suggest Hasbro could be trying a combined universe. My thoughts on that? IDW tried to combine all the Hasbro properties a few years ago on the comics and it failed badly. G.I. Joe fans didn't want Transformers in their comics and the Transformers fans didn't want the Joes in theirs. That is fun for a miniseries, but as a permanent thing, it didn't work and drove fans away. It would actually make more sense to combine the Mask universe with Transformers. That way you could explain away the Mask vehicles are reverse-engineered alien tech. When questioned if adding G.I. Joe to the Transformers universe was a desperate attempt to salvage the franchise after the failure of the Snake Eyes movie, Hasbro CEO Zaz Tam responded, Hey, why the hell not? Nothing to lose. Maybe I'll toss in my little pony too. Final grade, 7 out of 10. Better than Bumblebee a few years ago. Far superior to the Garbage Bay films. Okay, a lot to unpack there. Hasbro also announced the anime... This is interesting, Rich. The animated Transformers 1 prequel movie set for release in September 2024. This film will be an origin story of Optimus Prime and Megatron and will be set entirely on Cybertron. Chris Hemsworth will voice Optimus Prime and Brian Henry will voice Megatron. What? That's terrible. Why would you get rid of the guy who always does Optimus, that really good guy? And also, why would you replace him with Chris Hemsworth? I don't know. But the guy who does Optimus is fucking fantastic. Yeah, but he's also getting a bit older now, which means, obviously, your voice changes and he might not be able to... Oh, come on, dude. He can no, punch no, no. Out. If he's doing a lot of work, it, it may hurt his throat because he's older. Like, he might not be able to do long periods of... Well, he can do it right now. He's, he did it just for Rise of the Beasts, you know? Yeah, but I'm just but I don't know if the ongoing show or something. Maybe that's something he doesn't want to commit to. I don't know. As I said I'm just. It's a movie. Give you, it's a movie. Give you possible reasons. Okay. Um, but okay. the, the the worst thing is why why Chris Hemsworth? I'm, he, he sounds one nothing like him, and two he has a terrible American accent. So oh. what what sort of accent is he going to be doing? Is he going to be doing his Thor? Accent? Why can't they get <laughs> go? Here's two to the guy who does what's his name? Frank somebody, isn't it? Who does Optimus Prime? You you know the guy. Peter someone, Frank someone. Anyway, what uh, it's yeah, it's I know you know the guy. Okay, so what if they said to him, "Come on, two million dollars, come into the studio for three weeks. We're going to get you to record a ton of dialogue, tons of dialogue, like lots of say roll out Autobots and and lots of other stuff too, and just get him to record shitloads of stuff, you know, just boom like a machine." And then, and then exit the building, and he doesn't have to do extra stuff. Maybe he doesn't want to do that, dude. This is this guy's. Like you you always think that it's like it's the, the their choice. What if it's his choice? What if Peter Cullen is like, I, I'm done. I've been doing this for fucking 
you know. But I, I've seen this guy bitching and moaning yeah, when he eventually is. I, I'm done. I don't like. I'm retiring. I don't want. I don't want to be. A, I'm want to retire. I want to. Mm. I've made a lot of money. I don't. Care. I don't know. Like I don't know. But Peter Cullen. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just feel Chris Hemsworth is not the answer. Would you agree? No, no. I I'm not disagreeing with you there. Like. Okay, you so know, he's born in London. Honestly, as much as I like Alan Tudyk, he's not the answer either. Like he's been doing the voice for Optimus Prime, and it's not is it's not good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's, to me, there's only one guy. Wow. Fans in awe as Peter Cullen voices Optimus Prime one last time. So you you are sounds like you are right about this, Rich. He's walking away. Peter you Cull- know what? I mean, that's his. That's his right. I mean, he's he's been doing it for, as I said, like forty years. I think, like, you know, if he feels like I'm done, like this, I don't, I don't have the, the the energy or the interest to voice this character. That you know, that's been forty years. I'm I'm done. I think he's in his seventies. He's born in nineteen forty. No, he's eighty. He's eighty, man. I'm wow, sure he's eighty. Okay, well now you know. Suddenly, I'm starting to realize. Okay, the guy's eighty. You know. Um, we can't live forever. It's not the Highlander, you know? Um, yeah, maybe he's walked away. And Jesus Christ, what a career. Jesus Christ. Hey, they should bury him in Optimus Prime. Like his tomb should be a tomb of Optimus Prime. And he could be buried in there like a, like a mummy, you know, like a sarcophagus. But it's, <laughs> it'd be awesome, dude. You could have Optimus. Yeah, yeah like why not? Man. That's a great idea that I've just had. Yeah, I actually think that's a fantastic idea, Rich. You know, like, far be it for me to call my own idea fantastic, but <laughs> it does, like, can you imagine being buried? Like, I've often said my mausoleum, you know, that I want to be buried in, but, like, this guy deserves to be because he is Optimus. And you could have, as you approach the tomb, you go, hello, traveller, you know, and whatever, do an Optimus Prime um, voice as you came in and the eyes could light up. And then when, when you leave, he can say, Farewell. Roll on out. Yeah, exactly. That'd be so cool. Um, yeah. Well, everyone's got a... This is the sad thing. Everyone has an expiry date, even Peter Cullen, even Optimus Prime. I just don't feel... You know You know what my criticism is? And I'll be interested to get your response. It's an animated movie that sounds interesting, you know? I don't understand why we need a name Hollywood actor to voice him. Like, it's, you know, it's like Chris Hemsworth voicing him. My response is, who cares? Like, do you know what I mean? This this habit when they're, like, or getting, like, big stars to voice someone, I'd rather they got a really good voice actor. Like, Peter Cullen was not known as some massive global superstar before he started being Optimus Prime. He was a voice yeah, actor. Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair for Chris, maybe he doesn't have that many offers, bro. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Sure. You know, you say a big star, but it's not like he's got like hit movie after hit movie coming out. Like, he's, a, he's a reasonably big name. He's in the new Extraction movie. I mean, he's a name. Yeah, but I mean, other than Extraction, it's you know, it's not like he's. He, 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 let's be honest. He's not Chris Pratt, sure. right? He's not Chris Pratt. Where he's he's you know got like. Uh, the Guardians movies, then he's got the Jurassic Park movies, mm. and now he's got the Mario movies. You know, so Chris Pratt is just, you know, whether you like him or not, mm. he's more successful. Definitely, yeah. Chris Hemsworth is not, so maybe it's not a bigger get, and maybe he's willing to do it because 
you know, maybe he's like, you know what, I maybe I'll, I'll do TV now or do mm. some voice acting because, you know, I'm, I'm not really getting the big the Hollywood movie parts. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, and yeah, he's doing well as a Netflix. What, next reaction is, I think, is Netflix or something yeah, like that. I don't yeah. know. Like, yeah, it is. You know, you know, so I mean, maybe it's not as big a get. Lovely guy, but maybe it's, maybe he's shifting his focus. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, at least diversifying, I guess. I, hey, I, maybe he, hey, for all we know, maybe he can do a good Optimus. Mm. Maybe one of his hidden talents is that he can do a good Peter Cullen impression. I don't know. Okay. So, Fair enough. But I, but I don't, I automatically don't think so. No, no. Now, this comes from his tank. By the Bleeding Cool website, we have an interesting article which finally reveals the new home for G.I. Joe and Transformers comics. After IDW losing both the Transformers and G.I. Joe licenses at the end of 2022, it is unclear which would be the new... Uh, I don't know, what were they trying to say? He's, like, basically, who is who is, who is is going to be doing the, the comics? Uh, Transformers and G.I. Joe were making their debut appearance together for Image Comics and Skybound Entertainment in Void Rivals 1, which was out this week. And this will begin a new Skybound comic book license with Hasbro for Transformers and G.I. Joe. Um, and we, in fact, did Void Rivals um, this weekend, this week, and it had the appearance of Jetfire. And I hadn't read the news properly and was quite surprised when Jetfire... Suddenly, yeah, I was like, I was like, is that a transformer? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was, I, my, my thought was like, is that a transformer or is that just like an artist who's just ripping transformers off really badly? Like, and then I was like, oh no, it's Jetfire. And then I was like, oh, this makes sense because there was some news item about the Transformers comic book license and it all came together in my mind, Rich. Um, so that's big news. Um, then you've got some news here about Lethal Larry Hammer, Rich? Why? Okay, well, Lethal Larry Hammer will also return to a real American hero this November with issue 301. He'll be published on November 14, 2023, joining titles like Transformers 1, Duke 1, and Cobra Commander 1, which will also be published later this year by Skybound. And a description for the new issue reads, A new era for G.I. Joe begins in G.I. Joe, a real American hero, 301, with a jumping on point for characters for new readers as well as your favourite characters. Duke, Scarlet, Roadblock, Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander, Serpentor and more. Back for new battles, new friends, new enemies and the return of the original Snake Eyes. Thank God. I, I was actually um, looking at a Snake Eyes Desert Commando classified figure earlier today, which looked fucking fantastic. Um, oh, so that means the proper, proper Snake Eyes, right? Yeah. Snake Eyes, man. The original. The great. Yeah, proper one. Not the movie one. No, not the movie fucking one, man. No, the proper one. Yeah. Um, I, I'm delighted to be continuing the saga of G.I. Joe with the good folks at Skybound and totally amped to be taking the G.I. Joe team to issue 301 and beyond, said Larry Hummer. Little did I know back in 1982 that I would be associated with the real American hero for over 40 years. My thanks to the whole crew at Skybound for allowing me to chronicle the exploits of characters who have become like a family to me. Um, in addition to G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero 301, Skybound is also set to publish G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero 1, Larry Hummer cut, a reprint of the iconic first issue from Hummer's original run of the series when it, from when it started at Marvel. The issue will include unaltered scripting and a key moment that was changed in limited instances for the final printed edition. 
Um, I'm reading the 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 uh, you know classic Marvel run. I think I'm up to book six. It's fantastic. I mean, my God, seriously, uh, what Larry Hummer does is just amazing, you know. And this is just great news. Like, say what you want about Robert Bay Kirkman. He's he's been working on this for a while. This has been heavily rumored, you know. A lot of Botha spies died for this information, Rich. Um, <laughs> and finally, it's been revealed. And, you know, I had a lot of people reporting a signal HQ about the D-Links. We knew Lethal Larry was, but was, you know, working his magic. And it's all finally come out, and I couldn't be happier. And I'm actually feeling like maybe there is some hope for the world after all, Rich. Well, they certainly couldn't do worse, could they? Well, IDW did well for a long time when they had Chuck and uh, Larry doing it, and Mike Costa yes, was... but oh, right now, they couldn't do worse. No. The last five years of G.I. Joe were absolutely appalling. I, I would even describe them as totally forgettable, you know? Um, an absolute mm-hmm. joke. Uh, but anyway, that's all over. Now, according to social media scoopers, what does that mean, Rich? Um, like, they're like news out, mm-hmm. sort of like... Break things first, I guess. Okay. Is that what, like, a scoop is? Oh, am I supposed to know who Seth freaking Rollins is? Um, wrestler. Okay, he, apparently he's playing King Cobra of the Serpent Society in Captain America Brave New World and has finished shooting. Oh, that's actually not terrible. He's got a, he's got a pretty annoying voice. Mm. Well... Okay, I imagine King Cobra would too. Seth Rollins has got a, a pretty, a pretty, yeah, he's got a pretty annoying voice. Okay, like I can, I can see that actually. Okay, well, um, Star Wars Outlaws, the long in development LucasArts collab with the Division Studio Ubisoft Massive, just got its first trailer at the Xbox Showcase. What did you think of it, Rich? Uh, very underwhelming. Couldn't give a shit. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I heard from from key members. Um, Star Wars Outlaws ain't all that is what I was hearing, Rich. Yeah, um, it looks it looks meh. Yeah. Um, would you play it on Game Pass? Uh, if I had nothing else to play, mm. maybe I might check it out. What if the Aussie cricket team was closing in on a test victory in England? <laughs> what? What? What if the Aussie cricket team was closing in on a test victory in England? Would you What's watch? That got to do with it? Would you watch the cricket or would you play the game? You got two I options. Watch the, watch the cricket. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, now, Microsoft has been blocked from buying Activision for now. Um, this this whole thing. It, I know it's been blocked in the UK as well. Uh, Microsoft's claiming it's going to speed up the legal process. Blah blah blah. Uh, well, they kind of blocked themselves. Mm. So apparently they forced it mm. so that they could get this resolved quicker. Otherwise, it would have been dragged. Uh, it would have been dragged on because if they didn't meet the deadline, mm. then the deal falls through or something like that. Which I think is what the CMA or the FD whatever was trying to. They were trying to kind of stall it out until yeah. they missed the deadline. So. You know, there's a penalty fee that Microsoft have to pay if this deal doesn't yeah, go if through. They, if they don't, if they don't hit that deadline, which yeah. is what they were trying to do. It's like four billion or something. It. It's like four billion to yeah. Activision. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, it's so funny to me. Can I just say, like, what I find super hilarious, right, yeah. is the the argument that they use is that we're, that we're trying to stop an, a, a monopoly. Mm. And it's like, so let me get this straight. The company that's coming in third, mm. you're trying to stop from getting a monopoly. Exactly. If they're coming in third and they bought the studio, how would they be a monopoly if they in third place? Yeah. Like, 
wouldn't this be allowing them to compete? Like, okay, maybe they can take the second spot or something. But it's so weird to me that, like, it's usually, when you think of a monopoly, you think of the, the top company. Mm. You, you, you're stepping in to stop the top company from creating a monopoly. Mm. But the, the company that's coming in third, you're accusing, you, you say, oh, we're trying to stop you from creating a monopoly. It's like, we're third, bro. Like, yeah, the fuck? Like, well, I guess they just... Was, yeah. PlayStation already has the monopoly around the world yeah. in, in console and, and games. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, it's I don't a, really It's know. a weird reasoning that they gave. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, what's the big thing? It's Call of Duty, isn't it? Isn't that what the, the biggest prize is in this whole... Yeah, but I mean, and, and that's funny because, I mean, I haven't cared about Call of Duty for fucking 10 years or more. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Um, so, I mean, look, it doesn't bother to me. I couldn't give a shit whether Xbox gets uh, whatever. I, I, just think the, I think the I think the reasoning is pretty funny. It's like I've never heard of a, a company coming in last place being accused of trying to get a monopoly. <laughs> I know. If anything, they're trying to compete by buying other studios. But that's it. They, they're trying to get more exclusives. They're trying to get more mm. more games and try and build their um, their cloud gaming and, and being on as many devices. But... Um, but no one's stopping Sony from buying more studios. That's mm. the funny thing. You say a monopoly. It's like okay, but Sony just bought Bungie. Mm. Yeah, you know. Well, is um, it because of the size of Microsoft, like as a company, potentially? Yeah, but I mean, let's be honest. They can't be throwing this money at all the time. They still need to get inv- They still need to get money back. They can't. Mm. Like I think this is their last big purchase, mm. and I think that's them sort of done. For a while because they need to start seeing returns on these investments before they start buying mm. more stuff so it's not that they can just keep buying you know spending 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 buying uh, uh companies like they have to, to go well okay, okay 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 we've just spent like how many billions of dollars getting bethesda and activision mm. now we need to focus on making games making money then we can look at buying some other studios or, or making another purchase so again i don't see the i i don't see the danger like, they could do, be doing that thing though, where you, you you incur a loss for down the track, you know. Yeah, uh, but it's, I think I think they've got enough. I mean, if you look at what they've got now with yeah. Bethesda and Activision, I think that's enough for a while. I agree. To start building the base, and then you can look at going. Okay, what can we add to that? Like, mm. I don't think they're going to just keep spending, 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 spending because that's a big loss. Like, yeah, no, this is big... it all falls through. Agreed. Now, this was interesting. Um, there's an upcoming WoW quest involving a character's abuse that has players demanding a change. I, I read into it. Um, it was semi-interesting. Um, basically, in the lore, there's some character that's made to uh, essentially be pregnant and create some eggs or something. And um, in it, and she's a dragon, I think. And anyway, in it, the, in this plot line, the players have to sort of keep her there. And, you know, sort of maintain the status quo so that this thing happens because it's some, got some repercussions for the universe. And anyway, these people were massively complaining that they were being made accomplices to rape. Um, it's kind of an interesting thought, you know, sort of line of logic. Um, what's your comment on that, Rich? Like, what do you think? Is that a storm on a teacup? Of course it is, man. Yeah, My Jesus Christ. Like it, yeah. I mean, honestly, like, what is going to happen to our art and our media? Like... Uh, all these fucking pussies yeah. just want happy ending fairy tales. Yeah. La, 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 I'm a good guy. Everything's good. Yeah. Like, nothing bad happens in my world. La, 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 la. 
don't I don't fight orcs. I make them tea. Like, <laughs> like for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. of course it's bad. It's not a good thing that you're doing, but guess what? This is life. Sometimes you have to do despicable things to keep peace, or sure. you know, to whatever. Doesn't mean what you're doing is right. Doesn't mean what you're doing you should accept it. Yeah. But my God, do you not want any fucking nuances in your game? Do you not want anything that makes you uncomfortable? Go, man, that's fucking shit. Like that, I have to do that because that's what WoW has done. WoW yeah. has made you sort of complete, really questionable quests. Yeah. But it's but that's the world, man. That's the story. That's that's yeah. your nuance. That's your grade. Like fuck, what is wrong? Yeah, with you? I, I I I do agree with what you're saying, man. I I, I think it's it's that desperate to be offended kind of logic where it's like we can't have i mean i'm, tr- I'm trying to think of shit nico bellic did in gta 4 you know he would kill people all over the place man you know yeah. for whatever reasoning there was behind it but yeah it's kind of like how pussified do you want this i mean isn't it wow like i thought it was a bit sort of blood and guts like i gotta say i think there's a lot of wow players that don't have any fucking problem with this mission at all this is this is the no the offending no I, I this can only be like uh, either people that don't play the game who you know maybe there was an article about it or some new players like mm. maybe players who didn't come in like from the start maybe they started with i don't know be, like uh, battle for azeroth or mm. or legion or something like that but oh my god like it's pussification man it really is like you know and you know you say you know me oh i'm a good guy we're like yeah but i understand that the world is nuanced. You know what I mean? I understand sure. that the world's got shitty stuff in it. And yeah. to make a complete world, you have to have mm. good and bad. And, you know, and sometimes you have to, you know, to tell a good story, you kind of have to make the characters do questionable things. Yeah. You know, um, things that make them uncomfortable and all that. And again, what that pisses me off is these people don't understand that. they. I think they think it's a it's a condonement. What's that? Like if someone if if someone writes that quest in, then they condone in rape. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like yeah, that's yeah. how they view it. They view it like you doing something that enriches the world, mm. even if it's in like a a a, a, a grimy way. Mm. That because you wrote it, that's how you feel. Mm. That you feel right. You know what I mean? That's how, that's how they view it, mm. and that's why I say I I really fear for for art and media and. And, and storytelling, if these people keep getting their way um, and, and, and if they change, well, you know, because we'll find out if they change this or not. You know what I, I think, man, as well? It's the fact that it's the big properties that are getting affected by this shit. You, you can get a lot of stuff that is not like the biggest IP that still has plenty of what I would call, quote unquote, gritty realism or whatever you want to call it, but real world consequence. But it feels like they're polluting like a big IP like World of Warcraft with their sort of pussification values and it, it, they're ruining it, you know? Like when I play, yeah. like for example, we played Elden Ring, yeah? In Elden Ring, dude, you, you're constantly going up to people and just like stabbing them in the back and killing them and stuff. Like, you know, I know that there's technically, uh, you know, you've got some sort of weird story behind it all, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of hack and slash, you know what I'm saying? Like, you see guards in the woods and you're automatically enemies and you just kill them. Now, you know, you if you wanted to be a real pussy about it, you could be like, well, why are we killing people we just meet in the woods? It's bad. It's like, well, it's a fucking hack and slash, man. Like, what do you expect? 
you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, when you see those guys by the campfire, you just go up and slay them. Um, and it, it's just the game. It's it's a game. Like, it's, it's uh, violence. So I, uh, I've been looking into it, and uh, this is actually fucking hilarious, because I actually know this law, because it's not new. It's actually... So yeah, it's in World of Warcraft, right, there's a dragon called Chromie, and they are the bronze dragonflies, and they deal with time. And... There's these uh, chromatic dragons, like these these bad dragons that are trying to change Azeroth's history, right? So you get these really cool quests where you go back in time to stuff that happened in like Warcraft 2 and 1. Yeah. You know, things that are not in World of Warcraft and you get to like help Thrall escape or, you know, uh, protect, uh, make sure that Arthur... Like there's one where you basically got to make sure that Arthur's fucking destroys a, a, a town. Yeah. Right? That You literally have to help him. Right, destroyed because it has to happen because these are yeah. fixed time. So yeah. you're making sure that this shit happens, otherwise time breaks. Is altered, yeah. And it says in this, you are tasked with going back in time to appear in Warcraft Two, where she was a prisoner mm. by the Dragonmore clan, who yes, were, were forcing her to egg so they could ride on dragons, mm. like for, for for battle and all that. And Chromie says it's shit, but you have to. You have to keep her enslaved because if she breaks free too early, it destroys time. Mm. And then when you meet her in the future, she remembers that, and it says that she's clearly uncomfortable. And she, but she says to the players, that keeping time intact is important work, even though she doesn't have to like it. Sure. What is wrong with that? I don't know. Well, like literally, what is wrong with that? I don't know. They're complaining. They're saying like it promotes rape and stuff. I don't know. That's what. But again, saying. this is law from thirty years ago. Yeah, I know. This was this was law from thirty years. So I mean, late to the party, you fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Which, um, which which proves your point. These are not World of Warcraft players. Yeah. Otherwise, they would know what that what that is. Yeah. And yes, it, you're not supposed to feel comfortable with it. That's the point. No, you're letting someone who is a good person, someone you know, someone who has helped you, you are you are having to let them endure that because you're trying to save time. But it's not the first game to have moralistic choices. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to complain about that. Oh my god. Yeah. Like there's plenty of games where that where that the the different choices and sometimes it's like a Sophie's choice kind of thing or whatever you call it where. You've got two unpalatable options, and you have to choose one. Like that's kind of part of the game, you know. Like the, you know, that's always been a factor in a lot of video games over the years. I would say um, there's been plenty of times where that kind of stuff's happened, and I don't know. To whine and cry about it is just sad. Now, speaking of people who love to whine and cry, Kevin Smith. Um, he confirms his acquisition of an intent to publicly review Joel Schumacher's unseen cut of Batman Forever. Can I just say, what a fucking loser this guy is. Like, okay, he got his hands on a cut, but the way he has to announce it, like, he's going to publicly review it. And I'm sure he's going to be sniffling and sobbing his way through it as usual. Um, what a jerk. I just think he's so desperate for publicity. What do you think, Rich? Of course he is. He's, oh, it's just uh, like yeah. he's, he's desperate for a bit of spotlight again. Yeah, it's just like oh my god, like please don't, Kevin. You know what I mean? Like just keep it to yourself. Like no one fucking cares. How about that? Like we actually don't mind the show being reviewed, just not by him. Yeah, exactly. 
Like I'd watch well, it. The movie, I'd watch the movie. I'm not going to sit there and watch Kevin Smith's like I'm sure overly fucking like hyper emotional like shilling review for it. I'm sure. Like he'll be throwing out so many fucking. And also, roses. Batman Forever is not the not the bad one. I know. I, I agree. Uh, he said to Robin. I mean, if you had a, if you had an unseen cut of Batman and Robin that maybe fixed it or made it a slightly exactly. better movie, I might be interested in that. But as it is, Batman Forever is fine. Yeah, like, totally I, I agree. Don't, I don't need I don't need an unseen, uncut version of that. And you don't need sniffly, sobby Kevin Smith, like <laughs> stoned out of his brain. Yeah, uh, James Gunn was commenting on Superman's trunks. He was be, he was being asked if Superman was going to be wearing his trunks in the new movie Superman Legacy. Undecided. We are doing incredible amounts of concept art now with both, and we'll use whatever version looks best. For me, the most important aspects of the character go beyond trunks. True, but he should also be a politician with answers like that. You know? <laughs> I mean... Well, he does, well, yeah, he doesn't want to commit to anything. Doesn't want to commit to anything. I know. I know. Or he's already committed, but he just doesn't want to say it because he just doesn't want to piss people off. Again, exactly. no matter what you do, you're going to get people for and against. Exactly. So, 100%. You know, rather just say, oh, we haven't made up our minds yet. We're still testing it out until the movie comes out. <laughs> yeah. It's almost just shame. But uh, you know what? I will say... Mm. I, w- I was just thinking the other day because I saw some promotional. I, I saw some photos of um, uh, the the mask. What was that show? Gotham Knights, I think it is. I got cancelled um, after one season, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I knew it was. I mean, it looked like a shitty show, but I think they had the Court of Owls in it. Mm. And I saw some pictures of the the masks, and mm. I thought to myself, "My God, that looks so fucking goofy." Yeah. And then I went and looked at pictures from the the comic, and I was like. You know, some things just look better drawn because yeah, you yeah. can control the lighting and yeah. there's details you can add or leave out to make it look cooler. And I think that's the problem is that um, – and I do understand. Well, Superman's Trunks, yes, it looks really cool um, in a movie from the 70s. Like, it looks mm, fine. Mm. And it, it, it looks fine in a comic book mm. because it's a comic. You can draw it a certain it way. It even looks fine so, on a figure. even looks good on a figure. Yeah, so I'm not averse to them not having the trunks, but I mean, if there's a way to pull it off with the trunks, I I would I would hope that they would do it. But I understand that some things just can look a bit goofy, yeah, in live action as opposed to like on paper. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's almost like if they could just. I mean, let's be honest. Batman has never had his um, no, his trunks. So can we really complain if Superman doesn't have the trunks? So... I know, but with Batman, they go the armor. You know. Well, you could give Superman a bit of more of an armoured look if you wanted. Well, Adam West had trunks. Adam West had trunks. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about, like, of the movies. From Batman, I don't know. From from Batman to Batman today. Like, they've never had trunks. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Michael Shannon, who came back and played... uh, What's the character? Not Jor-El. Oh, Zod. Zod, yeah. He was asked if it felt different to not only return to a character after so many years, but also to play a version of him that's from a different timeline. Unfortunately, it wasn't the greatest experience for Michael Shannon. He was very critical of the whole thing, um, which is kind of funny. <laughs> he just... He, he he really is an actor's actor who somehow wound up in a superhero movie and probably enjoyed the paycheck, but he was in no mood to shill, you know? He was just like, no, it sucked. Yeah. You know? Although, I mean, if I was him also, I'm like... I don't know. You're not like some sort of, you know, um, acting savant. You're not some sort of. He's awesome a, he's a pretty good actor. He, he's a pretty good actor. I'm not going. This is him. Um, Shannon said, "I'm not going to lie. It wasn't quite satisfying for me as an actor. 
These multiverse movies are like playing with somebody's action figures. He explained, it's like, here's this person, here's that person, and they're fighting. It's not quite the in-depth character study situation that I honestly felt Man of Steel was. Um, yeah. He oh, had... so he's actually preferring the Man of Steel to this. Yeah. Um, interesting. And, yeah, so, anyway, like... It well, is to be what... fair, he's probably just there to have a fight with fucking Supergirl, let's be honest. Yeah, I know, I agree. He's just going to kind of... Uh, he, I think he's speaking complete truth. It's like truth to power. Like, he, I think he's 100% right. Corporate don't want him to say that shit, but too bad. They got Michael Shannon. He, he, he's going to do what he wants, really, at the end of the day. He's, he is a bit of an actor's actor as well. So I saw Anthony Hopkins the other day described acting as Odin as pointless. He just, he basically just pointless, you know? The, this is the, I don't know if you want to call it danger, but it's when they go for the serious thespians who turn up for a payday and perform some of the easiest acting of their life. You know? Yeah, but okay. Let's be honest. He got cast because of Kenneth Branagh, because Kenneth Branagh is mm. yeah. he is a thespian. Yeah, right. And, and he, he's also he's, he's an actor's actor, and I think he wanted uh, uh, good actors, stage actors. You know what mm. I mean? Mm. Act, actors with with gravitas, because obviously at the time it was Thor. Mm. When he was making it, it was a bit more um, highbrow. Yeah, kind of not not like high highbrow, but I mean like. The actors were there to put on performances, mm. whereas when that kind of wasn't making money, that's when they kind of started, you know, going towards the the goofy, mm. um, you know, uh, Marvel-esque uh, sort of uh, uh, route. But I mean, to be fair, also, he wasn't there to be the main character, so yeah. he was just there to have a booming voice and punish Thor, so... Yeah, like, I I almost feel like Anthony Hopkins, like, uh, Michael Shannon, I can understand. As you say, he's turning up. Like, firstly, he was was offered a lot of money, I bet. And he's like, you know what, this is a lot of money. It's very easy. I turn up. I'm in a fight scene. I barely, I don't have to know anything. Just basics. Boom, I'm out. Odin, played by uh, Hopkins, I mean, he had some scenes. I would describe it as very easy acting for Anthony Hopkins. Like, it's almost like, what are you complaining about, Anthony? Like, Sir Anthony, you're a great actor. You're your later years. You turned up. You, you All you had to do was just stand there, have a few scenes, played the father, put on a bit of a stern voice at well. times. Do you remember, like, the scene well. where, he, where he's having the, the, where he's banishing Thor? Yeah. And he's like, you're a rude, vain little boy. Like, it's... Yeah. That's great acting from him. It, I, I felt like, fuck. No, he was like, good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know. But I think with Anthony Hopkins, I mean, this is a guy who's got all the skills at his disposal, even in his later years. He could go yeah. right through all but, the years. I mean, also, but, but come on, like, but let's, let, you know, let's not call an apple an orange. Like, <laughs> you know, it's Marvel movies. Yeah. Like, you're not coming into, you know. It's not King Lear. It's not King Lear. It's not, you know, it's not Richard like, Third. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's you know, are, are there themes and all that? Yes, but it's it's light themes. It's not. Yeah. You know, it's it's not in depth themes. It's, you know, so you know, you know, call a spade a spade. Let's not let's not pretend what you were doing was. And you, you're part of the marketplace too, Anthony. Like, I mean, these things, you know, I'm sure, you know, pay very nicely. The mansion you're living in, you know, all the, you know, you probably get a lot more money from this than you get for if you went down to and played a bit of Shakespeare. 
Um, yeah, you're earning big money. Uh, I, 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 I do like it, though, because I've often said... I, I say well, you're off because I'm sure you were paid well. I say this all the time. I actually don't think the acting in these movies is very hard at all. I really don't. I, 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 I think a good actor becomes a great actor in a Marvel movie because I don't feel that the, the, the... I don't think much of the acting's hard at all. Like, and it's just... Honestly, it's, it's you know, it's above soapy level, but it's not that far above it kind of thing. I think a lot of it's action pieces, a bit of conversation, a um, bit of high drama. I think a lot of actors could do it. Um, I think the people who get into these roles should thank their lucky stars a lot of the time, you know, really, because if you're competent, but, you can last a long time. But also he's there because, okay, Chris Hemsworth is not a known actor, mm. right? And neither was um, uh, Tom. Is it Tom Hiddleston? Who? Is that, is that Loki's name? Tom he was a stage actor in in. in no, no. But England. my point is that it, it's like the Star Wars, right? Mm. Who's the big name acting the first Star Wars movie? Harrison Ford. Alec Guinness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what they were doing with Thor. Mm. The Chris Hemsworth, the Tom Hiddleston. They are the newer actors. Yes. They don't have a big name, but guess who everyone knows? Mm. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Right? True. So he yeah. was there for people to go, oh, wow, Anthony Hopkins is in this. Yeah, he gave it right? a bit of gravitas. That's what he was there for. That, yeah. That's what he was there for. Yeah. To, to people go, oh, ooh, Anthony Hopkins, he wouldn't be in a bad movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. No, he gave it a bit of gravitas, as did Kenneth Branagh in, in directing the first one. You know? Yeah, so you know, th- let's be honest. That's what you were there for. Anthony. You weren't there for your for your acting. You were there because of your name recognition and your pedigree, um, to 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 give people like a name that they knew in the movie. And can I say this? Has that not always been part of the cliche and deal with the devil with these highly accomplished British stage actors? Going back to Solange Olivier, um, they're very very gifted actors. On Richard Burton on the stage. When they come to do the movies in America, you know, part of their appeal is they're very well spoken, they can play range, they can often play villains very well, um, et cetera, et cetera. Anthony Hopkins, although he'd been in movies, what really made him famous, famous, famous was Silence of the Lambs, you know? Yeah. That was the movie where he went from being a stage legend or whatever you want to call it, into an international global star and has never... Stage is seen as gourmet, Yeah, you know, if you want to break it into food. And let's say American movies or just sort of run movies is, let's call them steakhouses. That's true. Imagine, imagine you're feasting on what you consider gourmet for like a mm. month or a year or whatever. Mm. And then you come, of course you're going to feel like, oh, gosh. Yeah. You know, feels beneath me. Like this is, this is not good food. And, like, and think of someone else. Patrick Stewart going over to Star Trek. That was a big get, you know? And that and I know Patrick Stewart had been in movies. I, I'm well aware of that. But what made him a big, big, big star that we know now was Star Trek Next Generation, you know? Um, that's what broke him in the States, you know? So, yep. it, it is, so everyone wins in that aspect because like, they can go and do stage work whenever they want to you know when it fits yeah, in the schedule right. and you know what what you're getting here now just pays the bills and guess what you know keeps you keeps your name in the uh in exactly. the zeitgeist exactly um now here's something that really pissed me off uh paul mccartney 
um, who I've long had a contentious relationship with over the years. Um, have you? Yeah, said on Tuesday that AI was used to extricate John Lennon's voice from an old demo and used in a song which will be released later this year. My response is, fuck you, Paul. Like, and fuck you, Yoko, for allowing it too. Uh, I think it's disrespectful. You're using AI now. I, I, I predicted wait, 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 wait. this. Aren't you the one who keeps saying, can't we use AI to, <laughs> to, to make new stuff and all that? Did no, you I, I, I warned of this happening. I said they could do this to ah, Sinatra. I think you were asking for it, not warning. No, I was. It, were... Yeah, I was. But you know what? Now that it's happening, I fucking hate it. And this is the start, man. Because you know what? I This is what I don't like. It, Paul McCartney's trying to make out like, oh, the, the vocals were too blurred. So we're using AI. That's not John Lennon's voice. That's like the ghost, the electronic ghost of John Lennon now. John Lennon didn't sing it. You know, it, it really frustrates me because, you know, Dean Martin, I love him. You know, they're like, oh, wow, we're going to do a whole album. Like, we're going to do album after album of Dean Martin. All, you could so easily do it. If they can get the voices right, they could do so many albums. But it's hollow. It's empty. You know, it's empty, and it all starts here, and it all starts with Paul fucking McCartney, who's got more money than God, and he wants to have one more fucking hit, and he's hitched his starter with dead John Lennon. It's sad. It's pathetic. Paul McCartney, you've, you've gone down a notch. Jesus Christ, you've written some of the best songs of all time, and you're still wanting to do hits. I think it's a travesty. I, I, I'm, I'm beyond furious about the whole thing. Rich, your thoughts? Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, Thank you. I just think it's funny that you're you don't give a shit until there's something that you you care about. Well, no, I was saying earlier, in a previous weeks ago, before this came became before Skynet became a full reality, I was theorising: could we not do Humphrey Bogart movies and Sinatra and Dean Martin? But I was also being slightly hyperbolic. And kind yeah, of yeah, people kind of also excited about the the concept that like yeah. seeing them again. But and all now, that stuff. And I was the one who said to you, mate, that's not a. Now I'm seeing. Good thing. Now I'm seeing the future, man, and I'm seeing an electronic future. Oh, now you're scared. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. We're living in a nightmare, man. And I'm very tired. And so uh, you know, I, I I I'm not a fan of it. But at the end of the day, if unfortunately, if John Lennon's estate. As in Yoko and yeah, Yoko's whatever, about it. Yeah, is is giving permission. There's not much you can do, unfortunately. I mean, I'm more against people using stuff against maybe uh, uh, public domain without permission mm. or anything like that. You know what I mean? Or if someone they go, oh, well, this person doesn't have an estate or anything. I mean, for God's sakes, I mean, Bruce Willis is like, yeah, fucking use my face, use my voice, yeah, do whatever you could to put me in movies, um, so I can get paid. Uh, it's all a bit different. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan of it, um, but I'm very old school. Like you know, I'm I'm more than happy to like recast or, you know, if you go well, we can't use it. We'll just have to do it. Maybe someone who sounds like Lennon, and we'll try and go for that. But vibe I, I hate like that, that too. Like what the fuck? Like John Lennon's dead. Like what I don't. It's so needless. Yeah, but but no, but look, Dave. Look, whether they had a falling out, whatever. They did work well, and you know maybe there was a song that they did, and you know, yeah. uh, you know, Paul's like whatever. But again, I'm happy for him to get someone who can just not 
in imitate Paul, but just maybe just have the same sort of sound. Mm. Like, not that the person's trying to imitate him, but just like someone who sounds similar, who, who who's a singer, just to, to, to recapture that. I'm okay with that. Well, Yo- someone... Yoko would have to tick off on that herself. Um, oh, she'll tick off anything that makes sense. It seems like it. Like, But uh, well, so how much money do these guys need? Like, I believe uh, that Paul McCartney's worth over a billion dollars. Like you know, oh, no, that's, yeah. But also, Dave, that's not fair as well. Just because you're worth billions of dollars, you're an artist, you're a musician, doesn't mean that you just start but, making yeah, music. But like, you know? I'm, uh, real talk. Paul McCartney's voice is a shred. Have you heard Paul McCartney? Maybe he's going to be using A on his voice too. Oh, Maybe Jesus Christ! Maybe he fucking should. From what I've heard, I saw yeah, him on well, Saturday Night Live doing Ebby and Ivory. I almost killed myself. Like, <laughs> um. I no, I honestly think it's disrespectful. I think Paul McCartney's basically pissing on the grave of John Lennon right now, and all for the sake of one more fucking hit. Really, real at least "Free as a Bird," which I enjoyed, was an actual proper John Lennon vocal, which they managed to extricate from um, a demo, and then they overlaid it with George had a line and Paul had a line and Ringo, you know, drummed, and it was like, and obviously Yoko ticked off on it, and it was cool. And Real Love was a fantastic Lennon demo that I used to love. They did a pretty good version of it as the Beatles for the anthology. But what I hate here, like, I don't mind them doing that if the estate ticks off on it and they've dug up. Because John Lennon did do some really cool demos and stuff. So there was stuff there to do. But, by the way, she's released all that. That's all been released. You know, I, I the closet's pretty bare in terms of, John Lennon wasn't that prolific a, a recording artist. Like, he recorded in fits and spurts. Mo- like, pretty much all of it's out there, you know? Um, so I'm just wondering what kind of shape this demo's in. If it hasn't been seen before. I'm guaranteeing that it was probably in pretty bad shape, man. Pretty basic shape. And this is just the start. Like, I don't know, man. Like... I, I fear I'm going to get caught up in it. We're going to have Johnny Cash songs. We're going to have everything. Everything's going to suddenly... Everyone's going to be doing this, man. And and I'm not sure I'm for it, man. Like, because the original people didn't sing it. You know, it's robots singing it, dude. At, at the end of the day. Robots are well, singing I'm glad you've changed your tune. I have changed my tune. Man, you know what? I think I've woken up to the dystopian nightmare we're in. Wow, I'm alive. I've woken up inside the Decepticon. I've woken up inside the Decepticon. Dude, that's what's happened. Oh, my God. I've woken up. I've woken up. I'm alert. Maybe you've been deceived, Dave, since you're in the Decepticon. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm also incredibly tired, so possibly I'm a little paranoid. You do like to hallucinate a bit. I'm a little... I think I've had a little touch of the silver kryptonite that (laughs) Kal-El got in the episode of Smallville. (laughs) (laughs) Possibly I'm being a bit dramatic. Possibly. Paul McCartney's after. Paul McCartney's after one more, and so Jacko after one more fucking payday, and um, you know everyone's ticked off on it, and I'm treating it like it's the end of the fucking world. But you know, it all fell apart somewhere. Brian Cranston caused a massive viral incident where he said he was going to be retiring from acting, and people like me were going, "No, no, he can't retire. He's one of the greatest actors ever." Um, apparently, he's just going to spend six months. With his wife, he's taking he's just taking a breather because he's been so busy that he wants to kind of not retire, retire, but sort of slow down and spend six months with his wife on holiday and stuff. And I'm kind of like, let the man fucking have six months off. <laughs> he's been pumping out plenty of product 
in recent years. Yeah, I didn't realize that was thing. I just read an article saying that he was taking a break from acting, and then all of a sudden I found out that everyone yeah. thought he was retiring. I was like, I missed that completely. I didn't no. Uh, now, this is interesting. Um, Chuck Dixon has announced a Punisher-style comic called Black Warrant, which will be published by Archiving Comics. Uh, Chuck described this as Punisher with the guardrails taken off. Yes, please, Chuck. This title will launch a new superhero universe at Arkhaven and will be separate from the Alt-Q universe. Um, This is being seen as yet another example of the world giving appeasement to Dave Finn. Dave wanted Chuck Dixon back on Punisher, so he gets the next best thing. What Dave wants, Dave gets. I mean, thank you for writing that, Michael Kellishim. Um... I mean, this is the kind of stuff you should be bringing to Signal, Richard. And this is, you know, obviously, this is this. Michael Kellisham is just coming up with gold. You know, um, he's got his finger on the pulse, Rich. That's what I'm saying. He's living and dying by this now. I hope that your having weekends off won't, you know, interfere with your signal duties. Also, can I say that as well? Like, you know, you've got commitments, Richard. No, but it interferes with my with my pulse because. <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> comics and shit anymore. So, all right. Well, it's actually, it's really hard for me to actually even just type in <laughs> fucking comic news and be looking for anything because I'm like, I don't care. All right. <laughs> um, comic writer, heavy metal singer Eric July has over a million dollars in pre-orders of his newest comic, Isom Two, in just 48 hours, and that's with the site crashing numerous times. No wonder the old gatekeepers of comics hate this guy so much. Ism 2 is a $35 book, by the way. Jesus Christ, 35 bucks. No wonder he's... Well, right. yeah, but it's not a... It's not, it's not a, a. When they say issue 2, mm. I believe it's not like a, a standard page. It's like right. an oversized... So it's like like 100 or something pages or something okay. like that. So it, it, right. it is more like a, a, a book, not a, an issue. Okay. Uh, now, also, Marvel dropped lawsuits on four legendary creators after they or their estate sued for copyrights of the characters that they created... Um, the, the filing said Marvel would drop its lawsuits against Larry Lieber, the brother of Stan Lee, the estates of Don Heck, Gene Colan, and Don Rico, with prejudice, which means they cannot be refiled. Uh, they settled out of court with amicable resolution. Um, so once again, Marvel have avoided the Supreme Court, um, which is what they're always so scared of, and they've settled the courtroom steps. I'd love to know for how much. Um, they're Steve. Well, that's what they do. They, they they kind of string it out to the point where yeah. people are willing to take a deal just to cover their costs or something and have a bit of money. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, sometimes they they I imagine they probably get a decent payout, but it you know there's nothing binding by a court, which is what they're scared of. They're not they're not scared of paying the eventual um, you know the five million or whatever they pay them. That's not their. That's not their concern. Their concern is a precedent being set by the Supreme Court. That's what they're desperate to avoid. Um, okay, then we have Steve Ditko's one is still rolling on. Um, so Steve Ditko's estate is still rolling on. Still rolling on. Um, well, for so, them, I don't think it's about the money. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's it's um, it's about the precedent. And then it, it's if the precedent was set and they lost in the Supreme Court, then it's about the money, for sure. But it, it, they've got the money to settle. And then that's, of course, what happened with the Kirby estate. You know, it happens all across the board. Um, Shazam star Zachary Levi once again comes under fire. Under, after discovery, he's following an anti-LGBTQ group. Um, he got in trouble before for retweeting some, um, some sort of like... Uh, what do you call it, like, anti-vaxxer stuff. I mean, I, I do feel they're stretching here. Like, 
they're trying to... I mean, I'm no fan of Zachary Levi, but they're desperate. Yeah. Uh, but also, come on, let's be honest, uh, this this anti-vaxxer shit, like most people are probably anti-COVID vaxxer shit now just because yeah, they're over they've it. moved on with their lives. Yeah, I know, I know. A new photo from the set of Captain America Brave New World led speculation that Harrison Ford will become Red Hulk in the film. He's playing um, General Ross, isn't he? he uh, the recast after William Hurt yeah. died. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, no one else can be... Yeah. Red Hulk, because that's who Red Hulk was. The hilarious thing was he was asked if he was turning into Red Hulk, and in true Harrison Ford fashion, he replied, Who's that? What is the Red Hulk? <laughs> I love Harrison Ford. He's just like, this is so fucking much bullshit. Like, <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> you know, and people ask him all these questions. His answer should be, I don't care. I just want another uh, he doesn't care. movie. He doesn't care. He's just like, I don't care. Uh, like Red Hulk. He definitely is with Indiana Jones. He's, he does. I, I guarantee he still wants another one. But that's all. Be- that's only because his deal is so fucking fantastic for Indiana Jones. That's the only reason he cares about it. He he makes well, so much but more also, money. It's also the only character that he he coming back to play. Like you know yeah. what I mean. He doesn't care about Han Solo. Doesn't care. The only character that he cares about that he's happy to come back and play is Indiana Jones. He was happy for a while with Jack Ryan. You know. He was pretty good as Jack Ryan back in the day. Um, Did Hunt for yeah, uh, not, but I mean, I don't, I didn't, I didn't. Over the time, I didn't hear him chomping at the bit to return. No, no, he was just. It was one of his many hits, you know, one of his many strings to his bow. We should return for another fugitive. Fuck, he was good in that movie. I think that's also been the biggest, the biggest problem with the Jack Ryan stuff is that it's there's been too many actors because it's not just Bond. With mm. James Bond, at least an actor gets like quite a few movies before they move on. Yeah. Um. The problem with Jack Ryan is the first Jack Ryan was uh, Alec, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yep. Then it was Harrison Ford for two movies. Mm. Then it was Ben Affleck. He was horrible. Then it was Chris Pine. Now in a TV show, it's um, uh, it's um, John Straczynski guy. Yeah. It's it's just too many actors for such a little amount of pro- like movies and stuff. To me, like, they, after Harrison like, Ford, I lost interest. You know, I, I thought yeah, Harrison Ford was they, awesome. Yeah, they should have. Try to keep going with Harrison Ford as much as possible. Yeah, I assume he was he was so hot on such a hot streak through the nineties. I don't know why they didn't do another one after Clear and Present Danger, because mm. Affleck's one was terrible. I remember how bad that was. You know, that was that was a shockingly bad movie. Um, the Sum of All Fears. Um, it just wasn't good. I, it wasn't bad. It was just mediocre. Yeah, mediocre. I, I know, but Clear and Present Danger and Patriot Games are so good. You know. Um, this is funny, Peter yeah, Jack. Peter I mean, this one, this is an interesting story. It's just that it's hampered by, yeah, not as as higher quality. Um, no, the basic uh, plot movie. line is there. Like the the it could have been good, you know, but like Affleck wasn't good either. Affleck wasn't Affleck's finest hour. Um, mm. Now, uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings is epic in most people's estimation, but not according to Tolkien's son. Christopher Tolkien hated the movies, but he also hates them. There's a re like. He intellectualizes his hate, but it's also the fact, and and Tolkien fans know this, that Tolkien sold the movie rights for something like 150 pounds back in like 1970. So they mm. never got the money from the movies like that they should have got. Nothing like it. And I really do believe that is part of Christopher Tolkien's hatred for the movies because he says in an interview with the French magazine Le Monde in 20. 20- in 2012, he stated the filmmakers evacerated the book by making it an action movie for young people aged 15 to 25. 
His criticism didn't end with Jackson, but the reception of his father's work by the public in general over the years. He stated that Tolkien as a writer had become a monster, devoured by his own popularity and absorbed into the absurdity of our time. I mean, it's a good line, um, but, like, calm down. The thing is, I, I don't mind him having beef with the, the studio. Mm. You know, the fact that they got, you know, ripped off with yeah. the rights and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. But I, I do think that he should be at least praising Peter Jackson a little bit because I tip my hat to Peter Jackson because if, if you go, if you remember like the makings of the interviews with him, mm. he, and this is, this is a quote from Peter Jackson where he says, it's wrong to, uh, to put modern, um, what's the word? Like, allegories or whatever onto Tolkien's work. Mm. Tolkien hated, and this is from Peter Jackson's mouth, Tolkien hated that people inferred that his stuff was uh, an, an, an allegory for like World War II and, he did, and Nazi yeah. in Germany. They were not, right? Mm. This, is, this is from Tolkien. He, his work stands alone. It doesn't, and he goes, and it's a big mistake to take modern mm. ideology, modern stuff, and try and put it onto Tolkien's work, which is why when they made the movies, they said, we cannot bring any of our modern baggage into sure. the movies we have to tell tolkien's story so peter jackson has i think a lot of respect and was probably mm. the best person to and yes of course he had to make some changes to the movie because it's a movie it's not the same format but they did their absolute best to keep tolkien's work as I, pure as possible i agree with you rich completely i really do and so i i i, I don't have a problem with chris uh, uh with him having like an issue with the studios and yeah and like and just maybe the like movies in general because they don't capture but i do think he should say but i do doth you know tip my hat to peter jackson i think my dad would have liked him or yeah you know, he, he he did the opposite he, he went to his that. grave just protesting forever about those movies and yeah. you know and like honestly the studio was going look the hobbit movies aren't good movies but the no. studio the studio was going to make those movies regardless and peter jackson i think did his best there with movies that shouldn't have been made or at least not made into three movies i i i think if christopher tolkien was taking aim at anything i would direct it at those movies because i think they oh, are sure. yeah. those are the cash cow ones those they are, are the, they are we yeah. don't give a crap we just want to make money off we the just name. want to make cash and you know one thing peter jackson did do in those movies was he he at least i i think he genuinely loved the Lord of the Rings books and the appendices, and he tried his hardest there to, to do interesting things. But I think he did an exceptional job with the Lord of the Rings movies. And, I mean, having read the books, you know, countless times and, and also all the other stuff that Christopher Tolkien, who, to his credit, also did a fantastic job himself in uh, uncovering all the archival stuff about Lord of the Rings. I mean, that was his life's work. So, you know, he did a really good job with that sort of stuff, but he had a very academic kind of way of doing it that was quite challenging for um, readers, but for those of us who were willing to do the hard yards, it was quite rewarding, but he, he did not make it easy. You know, he, it was the way his mind worked. He viewed it as an academic project, and his dry delivery was quite confronting, I'm sure, for many a Lord of the Rings reader who mm. thought that they were going to be getting 
fucking you know ten more volumes of like a you know like a fantasy author now like would pump the books out like a um, Robert Jordan or a, a Raymond E. Feist. You know what I mean? Like there's there's all people are like oh wow there's like another twelve books. Yeah, you're gonna find those books pretty challenging. <laughs> you know, um, and believe you me, as a young teenager, I did, and he did a good job. But I also think. You know, this quote was the absurdity of our time. It's like, well, calm down. Like, the world's a lot more commercially driven than when Tolkien was alive. Like, things have just changed. So, inevitably, something as big as Lord of the Rings, which sold many, many books, of course, Hollywood, once they get their hands on it, is going to fucking milk it. I mean, Christ, if you thought the Lord of the Rings films were bad, what about Rings of Power? Luckily, he didn't live to see it because he would have probably... Yeah throwing himself off a building, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where it's like, we are going to milk the fuck out of this now, guys. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, we, yep, yep. We're going to go on, oh, things we think Tolkien maybe might have done if he had got around to it, sure. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, vaguely Tolkien. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we're going to just imagine what he would have done. It's inspired by Tolkien. <laughs> yeah, it's inspired by um, I mean, that's, like, where it's really milking. And by the way, you know who got the billion dollars? The Tolkien family. that They sold the rights for Rings of Power. That's where they got their big payday um, from, well, they from were Hollywood. Like, Dad didn't get the fuck it. Well, not Dad, but Granddad didn't get the... Um... The money for the movie, let's fucking make sure we get the money for the TV show. And God bless them for that. But but when you do that and, and cut that deal... And by the way, I believe his son is the opposite. He's, so Christopher Tolkien's son is the opposite. He was very pr- full of praise for um, what Peter Jackson did. And I'm sure he's the one who cut the deal with the TV shows and stuff. So, you know, there's differences in the family there. But Christopher Tolkien, he did have a very um, academic way of viewing his father's work. He was an academic himself. He saw it quite seriously, Rich, if you know what I mean. Like he, mm. he, And he did not want to make it easy for readers. But uh, funnily enough, he once he got out of the way and would let Tolkien's work breathe in those books, there's beautiful passages of writing and fat, fantastic passages. He weighed it down with like really lengthy footnotes. He was really fond of long introductions that were almost like a test of a reader's endurance, you know? Mm. Um, that was just him. He, he was just he was just odd like that. So, you know, I, I praise him in some ways. In other ways, I think, you know, get out of your own way. Uh, this was interesting. Friday the 13th, the game is being delisted and shut down. Um, will we still be playable until at least the end of 2024? Um, this is this kind of thing, Rich, where I don't know if you played the Friday the 13th game, um, it will no longer be able to purchase digitally or physically after December 31, 2023. Is it an online game when they say they're shutting it yeah, down? Yeah, yeah, it's online only. So right. you, can't, you can't sell a game if no one's playing it. Like, if you shut down the servers, you can't sell a game yeah. that requires a, an online service. So they have that's to every fucking game. game. I mean, that's City of Heroes, that's City of Villains. Like, there's been many a game, yep. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. If something's server-based, if you shut the server down, well, then, yeah, you can't keep selling the game. Yeah. Oh, well. It is what it is. If I ventured in the slipstream Between the viaducts of your dream Where 
road still runs crack And the Dutch and the back road stop Could you find me? Or would you kiss my eyes? Laying it down To be born again From the far side of the ocean If I put the wheels in motion And I stand with my arms behind me And I'm pushing out the door Could you find my eyes lay me down it's silence easy to be born again to be born again let you go standing with the look of Everest talking to you to let me Showing pictures on the wall A whispering in the hall I'm pointing a finger at me Born again. 
Now, weekly comics, we had two weekly comics this week, Richard. We had mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter 1, which I actually enjoyed. Uh, like, I, I wish more comics were like this. It was just fun. It was enjoyable. Um, I enjoyed seeing the Turtles. I liked their interactions with the Street Fighter characters. I believe there are some figures out where they do versus, I think, a sort of Chun-Li versus maybe a Raphael or a, or a Michelangelo. Um, it was set up, but... I, I found this perfectly acceptable. What did you think, Rich? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, like, exactly, that's what I'm trying to say. I'd give it 6.5 out of 10. I, I'm sort of like, I enjoyed reading it without going, man, this is the greatest fucking thing of all time, you know? Yeah, uh, I I would have preferred a slower start with mm. more setup than mm-hmm. just dropping me into, like, the turtles are there already, <laughs> fighting, yeah. Yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why are they here? Why is... Oh, shit. What was the scientist's name? Uh, the one that becomes the Baxter fly. Stockman. Yeah, Stockman. That was it. And he's with uh, Bison. Yes. And I'm like, I don't understand. I feel really lost. I don't feel like this is the first issue. I feel like I've come... Well, they've done the... the what do they call it in media res? You know, where they're just like... They just cut straight to the action. You know? 
Yeah, but I wasn't a fan of that. I would have preferred maybe a little bit more setup. Like maybe um, they get lured there, you mm. know, uh, or or they chase in Stockman. Maybe Stockman has fled to wherever this is, and then when they get there, they see this tournament, and you know, they sign up, and you know, then you can maybe because I mean, it literally starts with with Raphael fighting um, guy. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm just like. I feel lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, but you know what? I, I I hear you, but I also enjoyed not having to put up with a setup. We just cut to it, and everyone's just there, and they know each other, yeah, and you just accept it. But know? for something like this, where a crossover, I think it needs a little bit more setup, though. Mm. I, I just, me personally, I think if you're doing a crossover of two franchises, especially two franchises that don't really kind of go together, mm. I'd prefer a little bit of setup of like, okay, what's happening? Although like, I will say the turtles in a fighting game like Street Fighter is actually a pretty fucking cool idea. You know they they well, again, you can play them in uh, Injustice too. Yes, you sure can, and I have as well. Can I say that? Yeah, so have I. I tell you what pissed me off with Injustice too, and I've I've mentioned this before, and you're probably gonna get a bit of deja vu. Was the removal of Lobo from the fighting roster? That was a mistake. You know, well, I mean, they removed a lot of characters. Yeah, but uh, why Lobo, man? Why do they have to pick my guy, dude? Why, was it just to fuck me? Oh, he was only a DLC character. I fucking loved so. him, man. And, and I was annoyed. You know, I loved those games. Can I, can I, I'm going to say that right now. I'm ready for Injustice 3. And, you know, I don't give a fuck about the story. I, I just like the fighting, you know? I, I, I know the, yeah. the story, like everyone was evil and stuff. That wasn't really my cup of tea. But I just loved the fighting element of those games. I thought they did them really well, you know? Mm. Oh, man. I mean, golden times, Rich. Do you remember when we used to play... Yeah, def- yeah, yeah, definitely golden times. Do you remember we, we used to play DC versus Mortal Kombat? Remember that on the Xbox 360? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, Capcom versus Street Fighter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, sorry, Capcom versus uh, Marvel. Sorry. Capcom. Yeah, man, that was good times, wasn't it? Remember how, how intense I used to get? Yeah. <laughs> I used to yeah, get dude. super fucking uh, intense. Dude. Who was my guy? You're a you're a sore you're a sore <laughs> winner, but you're also a sore loser. <laughs> big time, yeah, big time, big time, man. And you used to take me to school on those games. You were pretty good at fighting games. Um, yeah, I well, I I used to I used to which I think annoyed you a little bit. I say fine, I'll pick a character I don't know how to use, and then <laughs> <laughs> hand me my ass. And meanwhile, I'm just fucking slaving away. But, but they were fun, you know what I mean? Like, no, I, they were, they were. I miss that, um, actually. Like, that's what I still like about... People are like, oh, fighting games are so boring. Actually, they can be a lot of fun as well. And if you're playing your maiden stuff, it, it is a lot of fun. Like, actually, really. I mean, if it's a good game and it's done well, I, I do want to get... When I get my PS5 operationally, and I do want to get Street Fighter Six. Um, I'm hearing good things. So, you know, and it would be nice to go back because it's been years. So it's not like I've played it to death or anything. It's been literally years since I've played Street Fighter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played more Mortal Kombat, um, actually. But anyway, so I gave this one 6.5 out of 10. What are you giving it? Yeah, 6 is fine. Yeah. Did, I, was, I, was, I was trying to decide between 5 or 6, but I'll just go with 6. Did you check out this Void Rivals? Yeah, I did. Wow. Um, I'm such an idiot. Firstly, can I just preface my review by saying this? So I was like, oh, well, I'd actually read that um, 
when I, I put the news in about G.I. Joe and Transformers going to Image and Skybound and Robert Kirkman. So I knew that. And I was like, sweet, that's great news. And I was so proud of myself for finding that news and so happy for Larry Hama to get the 300 and, you know, first issue, et cetera, et cetera. So I was super happy. But then I thought just I saw something came up and it was a new comic by Robert Kirkman, who I like in general, you know, like uh, with an artist. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll try this new comic. And with, <laughs> but, but then I'd completely forgotten that the Transformers were coming to Image. I not, it didn't even occur to me. And I'm reading this comic thinking, this is kind of boring. And then suddenly this Transformer turned up. And my thought was, gee, I'm surprised you could get away with that and not be sued. That's actually what I thought. And then he went, I'm Jetfire from Cybertron. And I was like, oh, so it's a Transformer. And then I was like, oh, this is Image Comics. This is the comics that was in the news. And I was like, oh it was like, yeah, th- this shows you how tired I am. My brain was, that was how it worked. And then I was like, I see. So this was a really gratuitous fucking, he's like, I'm Jetfire from Cybertron. I'm going to fly back to Cybertron and then flew away. And I was just like, I just feel like I've watched the most obvious product placement in history. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't try to sell me a Snickers bar. Um... Yeah, I was. I, I didn't know what to say about this comic other than, well, I guess this is the comic where G.I. Joe and Transformers are from now on, apparently. Um, I don't know, even know. It felt. I can, I can write it in one word underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, like it was. It felt. I, I think what he was going for was the super basic comics of like the very early 80s tie ins. That's how it felt. Like super basic kind of something you might get with your transformer like a mini comic it's weird so this started off as like a really crappy version of enemy mine i don't know if you're familiar with that i don't know it no you know uh, uh, it was the one uh well they've done a few versions but the one that is probably well known is Mm. the one that has dennis quaid and um uh, I'm trying to remember the actor. Is it a TV show? No, no, it was a movie. No, oh, okay. Movie. Anyway, so it's a, it's a, like a human and an alien, and they at war with each other, and they crash on a planet, mm. and then they have to learn to survive together as yeah, yeah, mortal yeah. enemy kind of shit and all that sort of blah blah blah. So it started off as a really bad version, like a very shitty version of that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a, a, a transformer turns up. Like, yeah, Transformer just randomly and, turns and, up and, and flies away and, and, like, and says, I'm a Transformer from the planet Cybertron. I'm gonna I must fly go up to my home planet. It needs me. And then you're like, kite. Yeah. And then uh, two more pages, then it's like, to be continued. And you're like, oh, okay. And when they were like going to say, we're going to take our helmets off, I, I thought to myself, they're going to both be humans or, or both aliens. They're going to yeah, be yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. the same. Oh, that, that, was, that wasn't even like... Um, yeah. A shock that was like uh, you you almost knew that straight away. I'm going to give this comic exactly five because yep. it did it 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 went out of its way to tell me that Transformers are there, and it it had this is how I remember as a little kid actually this is how I remember comics being that I would read because I was very young like 1980 like five years old. I would read like a comic that was like a tie-in to something, or it might be like a um, 
like a soda advertisement, but it might star Batman. Really basic. You know what I mean? And, like, it would have the character, it would have the promotional fucking item, and it would have a really basic storyline that as a five-year-old kid, you're just like, okay, thank you. It's, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, yes, this is good. Um, I'm now a lot older than five years old, but this felt like the same sort of thing, just goosied up a little bit, you know, slightly more sophisticated, but basically the same thing. Done relatively efficiently, um, could have been done a lot better, but it's five out of ten because it's passable, I guess. Would you agree? It's barely a comic. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. And what, what was hilarious was, as usual, you know, I just basically thought this was going to be the start of a big new thing that Robert Kirkman was doing, who I, in general, like, and I thought, oh, I'm going to get it on the ground floor of this new comic. Little did I realise it was, like, the first of the tie-ins. But that said, I'm quite excited for him to do um, Transformers and um, G.I. Joe. I mean, I'm quite hoping... Well, I'm, I'm, I might, but hopefully it's better than this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, do you do you think that um, part of it was intentional? That he was intentionally doing a kind of pastiche of that early sort of stuff? Because I, 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 maybe I mean I just feel that maybe. I I just feel that there's a ch- there's a chance that that's consciously what he was trying to do because uh, it just felt like that. But like I don't know the old storyline. There's not like World War Two movies like that. It could be, but it definitely felt like an advertise an advertisement to me. Yeah, it did. Like he he put a character that had no reason to be in there, yeah. just to like tell people we got Transformers now. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Because the guy, like, because it's, it's not like the, it, it doesn't seem like he's integral to the story because he fucking flies off. Like they 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 activate him by accident. Yeah. He's like, oh my god, I've been asleep for like a million years. I got to go. My planet needs me. <laughs> yeah, and he flies it. off, and then they back to being stranded. And I was like. Was that just like a, I've got Transformers now, so I'm putting a Transformer in this comic? He should have said, I've got to fight the evil forces of the Decepticons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I don't know. It's, it, it's weird. What would have been great is if in the same issue they turn a corner and there's Snake Eyes who goes, uh, <laughs> Snake Eyes and Scarlet. <laughs> We're on the search for Cobra Commander. Bye-bye! And then they fly <laughs> off. <laughs> like, and I just leave these two idiots on the planet. Um, it reminded me of it's a story as old as like cinema. Like, there's a good movie with a Japanese soldier and an American GI on like a desert island, and they have to sort of um, survive together. Obviously, there's a lot of distrust because this is during World War Two. I mean, it yeah. it's a very, very, very fucking old trope. You know, oh, that's like, what I said, yeah, that's why I called it that enemy mine. It's it's that trope of like yeah, right. two enemies that yeah, um, they they need each other to survive. They got and, to, to and, get past yeah. their distrust, and but can I just say, mm. these two got past their distrust in like two pages. Oh yeah, like wow, instantly. Like it was just like we hate you so much, but but it was it was done so poorly. Like in, in that movie, I'm thinking of the distrust that these American GI and the Japanese soldier will kill each other is massive. You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's huge. This was like they met up. They're like, I should hate you, but you know what? 
I'm gonna like you anyway. But like, maybe it's not even gonna be that. Maybe that. Uh, maybe that was just like, oh, I'm gonna start it like this, but the story is actually about them discovering that. that. So look, I go. I'll give him credit. The only thing that just made it so weird to me is that it 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 felt like that, and then became a Transformers mm. tie-in, and then yeah, ended with a big reveal of like, oh, we're actually the same species. And I'm yeah. like, okay, cool. Are you gonna do something with that? But as a first issue, as I said, underwhelming is the best. Yeah, it's the best score. It's not terrible. I'm not saying it's a, it's a five out of ten. Yeah, middle yeah. of the road, yeah. barely a comic, but you know that's that's all I can give it is is five. No, I think I think that's very I think that's very very fair. Um, now, Richard, uh, we come to your trade uh, that you picked, which was Guardians of the Galaxy Complete Collection Volume Two by Dan Abnett. Um, mm-hmm. Take us through the basics of this, Rich, because I I've, I enjoyed this. I thought it was good. So it, it's all after that. Uh, um, Oh shit! What was that? Annihilation. Yes. So it's all after that annihilation stuff and all that. You know, the cosmos has changed and all that. They've formed the Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of thing and all that. Thanos has been killed, um, all that sort of stuff and all that. And mm-hmm. I just thought it'd be interesting to read it because I've read it in bits and pieces um, mm-hmm. uh, over time. But I thought, wouldn't it be just interesting to go and read uh, Guardians before the movie? Right, so, so this came out before the, Guardians One, the James Gunn thing, yeah. Well, no, and the movie. This came, this came out before Guardians, the movie. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah volume. Oh, James Gunn. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I thought you said um, what's that dickhead's name? Bendis, oh, Bendis. Um, yeah, because Bendis started writing the Guardians after the movie was a success. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is pre-movie, so it's not like a super set roster. In fact, the Guardians is actually much larger. Uh, mm. sort of roster and team mm. uh, in these books because you've got Mantis, you've got uh, Bug, you've got uh, <laughs> a guy called Jack Flag, um, but you've still got Gamora, you've still got Drax, you've got Rocket, you've got Groot, mm. um, uh, you've got uh, Moondragon, you've got... Um, Who I recognize. The Moondra- chick that used to be Captain Marvel, but now goes by like Martyr or something like that. She's right. like the agent of death, blah, blah, blah. So it's a much bigger roster. Mm. Um, oh, and then they've even got the um, one of the other Guardians. Uh, I, I, I think this was the, the team that was first called Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Uh, back in the day, it's that um, astronaut from like 3,000 years in the future that has Captain America's shield. Major Force or something was his name. Yeah, it? Major Force and all that. And, you know, Starhawk comes in and you do get to meet the other. They kind of have a time story there where they actually go and meet the the other Guardians of the Galaxy mm. from like the future and all that. Um, it cool. It's all interesting, and oh, Adam Warlock's in it, and um, uh, there's a oh, so there's a big war happening between the Shi'ar and the Kree. Yes, and Adam Warlock is trying to prevent it, um, but they can't. And then he does something which leads him to become the Magus, mm. and he looks like he kills a bunch of them. And Kang comes in um, at one point um, to try and stop you know, mm. majors and help stop that. And then um, how far did you get? Did you finish it or where did you stop? I I got very deep. I got in, well into Kang's storyline and I I literally ran out of time, but I'm going to Because one of the off. big reveals at the end of this is one of them is tricked into uh, uh, reviving um, Thanos. Cool. So no, like I, did, I didn't get that far. I probably got closer. I got to say... I am on record as, in general, hating Marvel Cosmic. But if I'm going to read Marvel Cosmic, this was pretty good, uh, actually. And, uh, and 
I trust Dan Abnett. He did Fantastic Legion. He's done a lot of great Warhammer. I mm-hmm. li- he's done a lot of great Judge Dredd. I like Dan Abnett's a very safe pair of hands as a writer. And so I expected this would be good. Where I think he, he I think he kind of knows that a lot of Marvel fans just fucking either hate or just don't understand Marvel Cosmic. And he made it bearable, even by having the spell jammers in there for five seconds, and by having Kang in there, and by having and look, I like the Inhumans in, in small doses. You know what I mean? Like I don't mind the Inhumans turning up. Having them in there, it sort of kept he kept the ball moving and passing it around. And and I know the basics of Guardians like Star Lord and Gamora and Drax and Rocket Raccoon and blah blah blah. And I honestly. I read this last night. I read probably close to 300 pages, you know, in, in one sitting. And I thought at first this will be a chore, but I was doing it for the show. And I found it a very breezy, entertaining read that was not really a chore at all. And I was just sitting there drinking my coffee and just happily ensconced in this stuff that I have no interest in. But he kept the story moving. He used the characters well. Uh, the art, one of the artists was fantastic. I'd love to know. Who was the main artist? Not I didn't like the art so much when it changed styles with the future storyline and stuff. I, I wasn't a big fan of that art. But the normal artist, who was that, Rich? Because I thought that art was brilliant. Uh, I need to just bring it up. Give me two um, I was, I love that artwork, and I, I almost thought it was David Finch at one point. Um, is that? A oh story? no, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm picking a name, <laughs> but, but like, um, so I'll tell you now because yeah, they do have two artists because mm. they've got the ones that is. Uh, like what's happening in the present, and then they change the artist for when it's happening in the the sort of the past. Mm. And I will get it now. I just find in my book. There we go. So, uh, so it's not Ed Dan Abner by himself, by the way. It's Dan Abner and Andy Lanning. Yes, it's before their partnership and broke up. Yeah, the one is Brad Walker, and the other one is Wes Craig. Well. One of them was absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm I'm not sure which one was which, but I, I oh, Brad Walker was the the one that you like. Yeah, I thought Brad Walker was incredible. I I thought that he lent he he made me care about characters that Richard I do not care about. You know, like I I barely know. You know what it reminded me of reading this? It was like when I was reading those Defenders by J M. Demetrius, um, mm. characters that like I I am just I I either don't know or just don't care about. It's take take your pick, and the storyline was so good. I was so invested in that, you know. And th- I'm not as invested in this Marvel cosmic stuff, but it's similar. I I, I got through 300 pages, Rich, in one sitting, which is rare if, for me ever, easily. You know, easily, mm. and it I did flow. The, it, it, flowed. It, it did. It did flow. It didn't feel like there was like any real lull. No, it. it I thought it flowed really nicely. I. I think he was clever. He. He puts people like Kang in, who I like. Kang. I'm always up for a bit of Kang, 
But he doesn't overplay his hand. He knows how to shuffle the board and keep it moving. Um, sometimes I find the storyline, like a Grant Morrison stuff, slightly confusing. Like, I, I, I struggle to follow the logic, but I've read enough comics that I just go with it. That Church of Universal Truth was very Warhammer-esque. You know, how they're burning mm-hmm. the souls and stuff. That's very like what they do for the Emperor um, in Warhammer 40K. Um, well, that was probably Dan Abnett sort of bringing yeah, a bit of... Um, his Warhammer stuff. A, a bit of sort of Warhammer into it. Um, you know, hey, good luck to him for doing it. Like, yeah, why not? And they were cool. Look, and, and, and believe you me, I do not give a fuck about Warlock. You know, I couldn't fucking care less. But in and I didn't really care about him when he was just Mister Supercharged, like fighting and stuff. But when he was turning into Magus or Magus or however you say his name, I was like, "Wow, that I I was like, wow, that was pretty cool." I look honestly, this is an example of a good storyteller with good art can lift, you know, with a good technique can lift stuff out of the realms of what I consider Z-list and mediocrity into a a good storyline. I mean, I'm going to give it, even though my enjoyment was probably 7.5, I think it's 8 out of 10 because I think he did such a good job. If he can make me give a shit about Marvel Cosmic, you're already doing something right. You know what I mean? Because I'm a tough tough sell. But I was... I read 300 pages in one night, and the only reason I stopped reading was because I was absolutely exhausted because I've been so busy this week, but I think it was impressive. And, and frankly, having read a lot of Dan Abnett over the years, I expect him to be pretty good, and I think he delivered. So, yeah, that's my review. What are you giving, Rich? Yeah, it's a definite 8 out of 10. And again, it's not a, it's not like one story. It's like it's a collection of yeah. his run yeah. uh, on it. So there's a couple of different... It's one overarching kind of story, but it is obviously a couple of different events and all that happening. But I do agree. I think Marvel's biggest issue is that their cosmic stuff is very confusing. Mm. Um, it, it's just, it's so dense and mm. there's just so many mm. characters. But I think, yeah, this is a really nice tight story where you, you feel like it's it's a bit more contained and yeah. you can follow it. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh you know what I mean? Uh, it's a good team. And what I find so fascinating is how more competent Peter Quill is. I always forget because I have read in the past. That oh, yeah. He's not the slacker, massive yeah. slacker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, yeah, he's not like, you know, James Bond or anything like that. But he's nowhere near as uh, goofball. Although, and- can I say, I, I, I know this is not the artist's fault. I, I, I much prefer the more civilian clothing that he wears now to those uniforms, you know? So basically, that was his original... So the uniform they all wear is actually his uniform. Right. As Star-Lord, that was actually his uniform. Do you know who, crea- do you know who created Star-Lord? Do you know who created Star-Lord? Have Ooh, a guess. Um, Have a guess. We've had him on the show. Have a guess. Oh, fuck, I should know this, man. He's a legend. He's a legendary guy. And he's been on the show, been on Sea Life, yeah, no. just once. Oh, uh, do you want a, do you want a clue? He also wrote, um, uh, like landmark Batman. He's, he's probably better known for his Batman and Captain America. 
but he did create Star Lord. You may not get it. He also created Mantis. Oh, oh, uh, Engelheim. Yes, well done, Richard. Well done, my friend. I'm trying to think of. I'm sorry. I was going through all the people we've had on the show. Yeah, I'm no. like, oh, wait, no, we've had him twice. Oh no, I'm it's like, it's a hard, it's a hard one because you you didn't ever hear him connected to it. But yeah, he did create Star Lord and Mantis. Actually, I think yes, yeah. yes, yes. And he said that when he bumped into James Gunn at the premiere, he said, "You've done something with Mantis that I never anticipated." But thank you for the check. You know, <laughs> which I think's funny. <laughs> you know, he's just like yeah. you. You ran with it and you complete your own direction, but you know, whatever. Like cool. I still got paid in the end, so yeah, we're all winners. Um, and his Star Lord was radically different. Radically different. He's apparently his Star Lord. I've not read it, but it was his. His Star Lord is w- that really way out there seventies, like super druggy sci-fi cosmic. If you know what I mean, like. It, and yes. I, yeah, it was completely different to um, the Star-Lord we all know and love now, you know, that was popularised. Certainly, um, James Gunn dumbed him down a lot, um, you know, he, you know, into an everyday Well, I character. think they were trying to make them all kind of... I mean, because let's be honest, Drax is... The Drax in the movie is not the Drax from the comic. Like, no. it, it, you read this comic, that Drax is nothing like uh, Batista's Drax. Can I say a question? If I read Guardians in in Bendis or even more recently, is Drax like he's in the movies now? Like, no, actually, I don't think. I don't think they play him that stupid in the comics. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I tell you, Gamora. Not even, not even Bendis, I think, plays him that stupid. Yeah. Gamora is not in this as much. She is in it, like, but she's certainly not as central a player as I would have expected. You know, like she's in it, but she doesn't get that many moments to shine. From what I saw, no. Well, again, she wasn't a massive member of Guardians um, at that time period. I believe again, the roster was bigger, mm. and I think she was also kind of running around with Adam Warlock a bit as well. Like she kind of comes and goes. She's kind of doing her own. And so, is that who when she gets killed? Is that who? He's mourning Star Lord because he was kind of mourning someone when she got like a massive sword put through her, and I was like, "Is he mourning her or is he mourning someone else?" Because they didn't seem to have any scenes well, the person together. Who got the sword put through them was the the martyr chick, the chick that used to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, but so did so did Gamora. But he was, I think, he was mourning them all because right. what they thought was that Mantis, Cosmo, um, Martyr. Gamora and Major Victory were killed by Majors. Right, so he was mourning them all. Because I was like, is he mourning Gamora? Because they didn't really have any scenes together, so I wasn't sure. No, in in this period, Gamora is actually the ex-lover of uh, Richard Ryder, uh, Nova. Right. Okay. She actually has more of a thing with him in the comics than... Um, gotcha. Uh, than, uh, yeah, she's not really a... Her and Peter are not really a thing in the comics. Right. Uh, and can I say, when Guardians came out the movie and then Bendis got it, Jesus, and I read quite a bit of it, like, or at least I say I read six issues. Can I just say, as I was saying to you last night before the show, there's a million light years of difference between what Abnett's doing and the ambition of Abnett's story and the fucking mediocrity that was Bendis' story, you know? Well, the difference is Abnett can weave action in between the talking. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes he even weaves the action while talking is happening. Yeah. Um, whereas Bendis has to have people standing around oh. talking first. Oh, God, his legion. His legion is the worst for that. <laughs> like, seriously, dude, like, 
I'll never forget, like, whole massive pages of just speech bubbles. Like, just so much. And you're just like, oh, my God, could we have a story? <laughs> like, really? Honestly, could... It was the worst. I would actually say... I, I, will, I will say this. Bendis' Legion is some of the worst comic book writing that I have read by someone who is at least qualified, you know, kind of not a beginner, you know, like it was mm. awful. Uh, well, it's, it's someone who's awful. supposed to be better is the oh, way I look at it. Yeah, and it was just so bad. and It was almost embarrassing is how bad it was. Uh, and uh, having read his uh, Guardians, it that is juvenile, bland bullshit compared to this, you know? Like mm. Dan Abnett, I mean, Dan Abnett's a good writer, like, honestly. And his Legion, his Dread, you know, Jesus Christ, pretty much everything he's touched, he he has a bit of a golden touch, you know, and he's... A, he, he's, he's, he's solid, man. He's just solid. He's solid. He's a solid storyteller, and that's a commodity that I value so highly. And sometimes I wonder why the Dan Abnets aren't given the Supermans, you know, well, that, you know that kind of stuff. Well, that's, you know, you know, that expression, like, um, you know, I mean, if everyone wrote like Grant Morrison, then Grant Morrison wouldn't be special. Do you know what I mean? So you can't have every writer trying to do the thing. Sometimes you just need someone who tells a good, fun Mm. story. It can be a bit intricate, but it doesn't have to, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like, oh my God, top 100 fucking books of all time kind of shit and all that. It just needs to be fun. And because there's so many comics, right? We, we, we. I mean, don't read any of them now, but there were so many comics back in the day. You were just looking for something to entertain you. Do you know what I mean? When we were collecting yeah. comics, I wasn't looking for fucking greatest comic ever written. No. I was just looking for fun, man. I was just looking for something that's entertaining mm. that I could read and go, I enjoyed that. Like, and every now and then you'd read something comic. where you were like, well, that's top shelf. But a lot of stuff was, this is no, entertaining. But when something you know? came along like that, that stood out more. Yeah. Because you were like, fuck, this is brilliant. Mm. But I didn't need every comic to be brilliant. And no. that's why I get so annoyed with comics today. Because I'm like, I don't set the bar that high. I'm not no. expecting yeah. fucking, no, you know I what I mean? What's the best comic, every comic. I just, I just give me a six out of 10. And I'll be like, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Give me competence. Um, Anyway, look, I'm going to give this an 8, and I genuinely think it's a good read. I will say this. If you don't care at all about Cosmic, I I would never have read this without the show, but I'm glad I read it. You know what I mean? And so it, you kind of owe it to yourself. If you're a Marvel fan, it, you honestly will have a good time, even if this doesn't feel like it's your cup of tea, that you've got nothing to lose by, by giving it a read. Dan Abnett is very solid. And can I also say, honestly, I recommend his Legion because it's better than this because I think the characters are also better. And his Legion is excellent. Excellent. Um, so I give a recommendation. This. Oh, yeah, but yeah. you've been doing Legion, so obviously I picked this because... Yeah, no, yeah. No, I'm glad you picked it, man, because you picked something that was outside of my comfort zone but with someone that I'm like a trusted hand, and I was like, no, no, I enjoyed this, man. I'm glad you picked this because well, that's, it, honestly, yeah. that's the only reason that I picked it because I was like, I was like, what? Well, it's Dan Abnett, so I think yeah. it's a safer, safer bet. <laughs> it's a safer uh, uh, bet if yeah. it's Dan Abnett because if it wasn't Abnett, I think you'd have been like, oh, yeah. I'm not interested. I would have struggled. Um, but what are you giving it out of ten, Rich? 
Yeah, uh, eight out of ten as well. Yeah, as I said it's, uh, it's. I think that's a good score because it's an overall thing. Obviously, I mean, each there's some issues that you know, as you said, with art or whatever, it's not that good. But uh, overall, I mean, seven point five eight, I think, is yeah. is reasonable score. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what, the one caveat I would have is that second artist wasn't my personal cup of tea, but I still found the story interesting. Not personal, but know? he was still good. Like yeah. it's still it, it was still good art. It's just that it was so. I think the problem jarring. is that it was just so jarring. It was very jarring. The yeah. problem is when you go from two very different art styles. Yeah. Because the second art style was very um, similar to. Um, Oh shit! I got to remember the artist because he's it was done like a TV show Nightwing. cartoon. He's done some uh, Green Arrow. Not Scott McDaniel. He did a lot of Nightwing. Mm. I think it could be Scott McDaniel. He, yeah, he did uh, Nightwing from the start when Chuck was doing it. Uh, um, I fucking far prefer Scott McDaniel's art. I fucking no, love his but art. But it's similar to that. My point. It's got that very dark mm. shadow, like um, very like black for shadow. A bit more um, darker sort of outline. It's it's not exactly the same, but I'm saying it's it's similar to that vein. Yeah, no, I hear of I hear. of art style. But but that is so different to the first artist that oh, was yeah. doing it. It's like two. It's like night and day that it can be a bit jarring where you go from one and you're like, oh shit, that's really changed. I totally agree, Rich. Well, the good news is the Aussies took a third wicket just at the close of play of the first session. So we've got the English on the ropes, Rich. So I mean. The score updates will keep coming uh, for Signal of Doom for the next couple of months. It's eleven. It's eleven wickets. You know, um, you can't you can't be having them on the ropes every time you uh, take a wicket. One hundred and twenty-four for three, Rich. We're into the middle order yeah, now. I wouldn't say that's the ropes, Dave. Yeah, well, it's heading towards the ropes. You know, it's heading you know, towards. You, you've ropes. maybe got a bit of pressure on them, but I wouldn't say it's the ropes. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm death riding them a bit? You know. They always You're say, like, "Oh, we took our first wicket. They're on the ropes." It's they like, yeah, they always say, "Add twenty runs and two wickets." You know, if you can do that, add twenty runs and two wickets to the current score, and that's you know, then we'd we'd have them five for one forty four. I'd be very happy. Look, if you had them, like, say, I don't know, eighty for three, I'd say you definitely got them on the ropes. But sure. you know, I mean, uh, hundred twenty. I mean, you're doing well, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're on the ropes because they just need one. Solid One good session, and they they'll be over two hundred. So, got to bring on the pace, man. Bounce them out. Yeah, bounce them out. You know, maybe get a bit of leg side body line going. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you. <laughs> you've heard me before, Rich, haven't you? You've seen me in the middle of a World Cup. Gets pretty gets pretty brutal. Some of my commentary. <laughs> Well, it's easy for you to be brutal because you're not the one out there doing it. Facing so. up, yeah, I know. No, all credit to them for doing it because it would be it would be difficult. Um, okay, now look, please, uh, we've got a Patreon. Um, I really want to build up the Patreon numbers. We're going to do a Cinema of Doom, Rich. I'm thinking of at some point in the next couple of weeks if we can do this Ninja New York thing, this movie. Um, if you'd be mm-hmm. interested, yeah. Um, so we're going to do that. As yeah, a... it, looks like, uh, it looks like stupid fun. Yeah, it looks like, like, why not? A bit of fun, you know, let's bring it back to basics. So we're going to re- restart a bit of Cinema of Doom. Dion's also going to do some um, uh, in the near future as well. So there's stuff happening. Um, but I do want to thank the Patreon listeners and the normal listeners, um, or the regular listeners, I should say. We're all normal. Some of us more normal than others. Some of us, <laughs> some of us are inside Decepticons, man. Some of us are inside Decepticons. You know, some of us certainly are on drugs. I mean, in Decepticons. <laughs> and um, yeah, the Aussies are on top. I mean, all's right with the world. 
Um, you can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective. We've got shows on there like Ghost Spider Groupies, Into the Night, Last Sons of Krypton, Capes and Lunatics. I am doing the final reveal of the Clone Saga this weekend with Phil and Ray. And can I just say, uh, Lilith and Phil, they do a fantastic job on their uh, Capes and Lunatics. It's called Salty and Petty. Um, they're sort of side-off, you know, spin-off podcast from Capes and Lunatics. A lot of cool stuff. I'm obviously a big fan of this toy anxiety. I've discovered a new lease of life, Rich. Uh, have you noticed how happy I am, this 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 show? I've been actually, I think, feeling a good mood, apart from when I got really paranoid about the um, the robots. <laughs> Just that brief moment. Yes, bo- overall, I'd say you have been. I've been very happy, man. I'm in a good mood. Um, well, partly it's the ashes as well. I mean, we I really feel we've got these fucking English on the ropes, man. I you do f- get a fire... Uh, uh, up your butt when the when the ashes is on. Yeah, I do love it. I do love it, man. Um, any final thoughts you'd like to say to the audience, Rich? No, 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 just the same old shit. And can I say that next week we're going to be doing Transformers and GI Joe? Um, that's the, from the late eighties. Yes, yes. You want to do the uh, the do crossover, the crossover miniseries, the original one from from the late eighties. So that will be next week's trade of the week. Uh, Apart from that, I want to say thank you and good night. Good night, all. Absolute killer show, Rich. I feel like I am a Decepticon. (laughs) I mean, I I really do. I mean, I feel. Why not? You seem to align with all. um, Yes. Evil. All their values. Totalitarian, fascistic. Yes. Yes. Groups. Yes. (laughs) 